This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Yak Gadget. For all your kayak fishing accessories, Go to yakgadget.com. Pelican cases, coolers, and lighting. Go to pelican.com. The 153 Bait Company. For all your hard and soft bait needs, go to the 153anglers.com. Now let's get this show started. Welcome back to the Real Down, everybody. Got another great episode. Uh, it's again, it's just me uh, hosting tonight. Uh, Drew's, you know, we talked about it in the last few episodes. Coming into the off season, he's got some some baby stuff handling right now, so uh, he'll be in and out when he can make it. Uh, what we're gonna do today is always a hot topic in tournament fishing. Is just like the title says, rules, 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 and we're going to be covering a little bit of everything: motors, boundaries, portaging rules, electronics, trolling, fish placement, scoring. We're gonna hit all of it, and to do that, I brought in a couple of the guest hosts with us: uh, Armando and the Queen so- Susie. What's going on, y'all? So I'm going to like interrupt this whole little podcast thing for just a hot second because Hobie just released the rest of their schedule. I saw you excited oh, on the green room. I'm like, what is she Hold so on. pumped up about? Breaking news on the podcast. Breaking Damn. news. Damn it. I typed in the wrong password on my phone. I can't find it. Is it on Facebook or? Oh, uh, yeah, it's on Facebook. So I was have- watching you. It's like, what is she so pumped up about? It's <laughs> like, Ooh, they got the Oh, here we go. I'm very, very interested in that Wisconsin event. I, I literally don't think I want to do any of these. Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, I might go to Lake to Chick just because it's still on my list. You follow would be good at the time they're doing it. I don't know. 
My, I nice. don't even know what or when I, or if I will fish tournaments next year. I don't know. I might just sell all my fishing stuff and be a full-time podcaster. Eh? I won't, I'll run out of money in like you know, 35 minutes. But Well, you all the money you spend on fishing, you're going to save. Oh, I could sell one kayak and <laughs> I, could, I could be all right. I've debated it, just I'm not using it. But uh, but yeah, so getting back on track, yeah, we're going to get on rules. Uh, before we get too far into it, uh, if everyone wouldn't mind just saying a quick prayer for Brian. Uh, I'm not going to get into what's going on, but his family definitely needs some prayers right now. Uh, you know, y'all do y'all's thing. Everybody knows what to do in that situation. But uh, we love you, buddy. Praying for you and the family. Uh, but yeah, we won't we won't get into none of the sad stuff. So well we're going to hop right into the what was you, what you got? I said well said. Oh, well said. I thought I cut you off. I'm sorry. No. Well, uh, like we, I said in the beginning, there's so many topics we're going to hit here, and we'll go ahead and warn everybody this one may go a little long because there is a lot to talk about here. And this is a good time to talk about it. Uh, coming into the end of the seasons, that's when tournament directors get together and changes are made, clubs vote on new rules, stuff like that. So the first one I want to hit is probably the most annoying to talk about, and it is motors. So... I will give my speech on how I feel about it, and then I will let y'all, because I don't even know if y'all have the same mindset on it. But for me, I don't feel like motors should be like banned from certain tournament events. That being said, I understand. Like, if you create a very grassroots level club, as long as you keep everything grassroots level, I perfectly agree with that. If you're going to go man powered, you go completely man powered. Uh. But that being said, I haven't ever seen where there are any competitive advantages to a motor. Uh, yes, you can cover more water uh, more efficiently, but there are tons of evidence and cases, in fact, where an angler does exceptional paddling or sitting at the boat ramp or uh, even in brief history. The, the, the Bassmaster Classic was one at a ramp. Um, the guy that got in second place... Uh, pedaled because his motor system died and then he broke his pedal system and paddled i mean and he first and second were man powered um there is there there's a lot of arguments against having motors and other than we just don't allow it i don't really see too much of i don't want to say educated it sounds like i'm being an ass but there's not a reason you shouldn't you know, other than our club wants to stay man-powered, which is perfectly fine. Our club here in Alabama, they they will all, I guarantee you, they'll always be man-powered. We do give exceptions if, you know, you've got an injury or something, you know, a physical impairment. Uh, but, like, for instance, Tennessee, uh, the way their clubs work together, all their clubs are a part of, I'm trying to what they call it. I think they call it CAST, K-A-S-T. And uh, all the clubs vote on rules and everything. That way everybody shares rules across the clubs because all those clubs compete in a state at the end of the year. And they all voted motors in, which probably 90% of the people in that state are pissed about. So I want to hear what, what y'all have to say about it. Uh, I mean, we, we might not even have to sit on this one too quick. This one gets talked about all the time, but I figured we'd talk about it again. So whichever one of y'all wants to go. 
The Queen, Your Highness? <laughs> you know, it, it I, I will admit, you know, it, when motors were becoming a thing, I was kind of against it at first. You know, just because then you used one. <laughs> no, I actually I have never used a motor. Um, I don't plan to just because of like, you know, cost and other things, stuff like that. I might change my mind later on if I actually use one or whatever. But just for like, you know, my mentality of things, too, I'm just like, yeah, I don't want a motor on a kayak. You know, it's just it's just not my thing, you know. Um, but, you know, when I first, you know, saw people using them and everything and like the money people were shelling up for some of these, like, you know, the torpedoes and the batteries and the wiring and all that other stuff, I was just like, well, for one, they got to deal with putting all that on there and then taking it all off, you know, at the beginning and the end of the tournament. So, you know, that could potentially put them at a little bit of a disadvantage, you know, as far as like time management. But then again, you know, their time management that. And time management is going to be awesome on the water because they have the motor to get them to and from. But what it really comes down to is not necessarily like, you know, the physical tools. Yeah, they can help an angler excel. But, you know, it comes down to, you know, straight up luck, straight up skill and just being in the right place at the right time. You know, you can put two top anglers in the nation right next to each other. Um, you know, but, and have them both fish without motors, they'd probably do just fine and then have them fish with motors and probably just do fine as well. But again, you know, it comes down to, you know, the, the skill and, you know, luck, because I mean, motors are going to help you to a certain extent, but what's really catching the fish at the end of the day. Right. So, so something I would say, just because you hit a few of the points, so I was against it at first. Then I used one and you know, again, it's efficient, but so trying to think of a way to wrap around this. I don't mind running a motor on my tournament fishing setup. A big argument is, is, well, you're not kayaking anymore. Well, if I'm going to compete for money, I, you know, I'm going to use whatever I can to my advantage. Um, even though it doesn't give you an advantage, but maybe in my mind, I have an advantage of being able to keep my hands on my my gear and fish more than paddle um which in we, honestly with my setup that's not true you still hand steer mine so you're never completely hands-free um but at the other end of it i still have a paddle kayak i'm a creek guy at heart i like the pureness of the kayak fishing for f like fun fishing and adventure not during a tournament like it is cool. I mean, anytime you can go out in a tournament in skinny water and paddle and, you know, whack them, it is a really good feeling. You know, you can go with no electronics, no battery packs, minimal gear and do good. But I don't know. It's it, that, you know, it's. It, it's just a balance like, yeah, you, you may do this, you may do that. It's all the same goal. And that's just my look at it. But I don't ever go into it thinking. Like if I pull up to the ramp on tournament day, like at Lake Fork, oh, pulled yeah. up to the ramp. I was the only motor at the ramp. I never was like, oh, I got these guys because I had a motor. And I was 100% right. That dude smoked me to my spot with pedals. Like it doesn't matter. Like, yes. I don't know. Go ahead, Armando. I, this argument gets me so fired up because it, I think it's I, just stupid. <laughs> I think it's like. There's levels to this, and I feel so underprepared after, after listening to Susie give this explanation, but I'm going to try my best. 
there's levels, right? When it comes to, are you a better fisherman? My argument, this was posted on a group chat, um, at a group page. Are they make, does it make you better? I'll say this, Russ Snyder with a Bass Pro kayak, an Ascent paddle, will still beat you most of the time. <laughs> you put Russ Snyder with, with a Hobie or whatever you want, with a spot lock and everything, that Russ Snyder is going to always win. Just because you have that now other element where you can um, uh, be more flexible and move faster and target some spots that are going to help you catch those fish. You still need the skills. And that's why I use an example, for example, like a Russ Snyder. I may have a spot lock. I am beating Russ Snyder <laughs> nine times out of ten. I'll tell you that with him on a, on a Pelican. I can tell you that much. You know, I'm not. Because oh, yeah. there, there's a the bunch talent, of art. Yeah, there's a talent and, and a skill that goes with it. Oh, However, there's a bunch of our does, anglers that could. Yeah. I said it. I can't remember if it was in person or on a podcast that I would like to see a random 10 of pro boat fishermen and the 10, you know, 10 well-known names in our industry, them and their kayaks, them and their boats, same body of water. I'd like to see how that ended. And it's, that goes to what Armando is saying. Yeah. It's, it's skill. Like, and then make them swap. Like, Mm -hmm. see, but see how it goes. Then you look at what uh, your co-host has done, Duke Gregory, who's found the antidote for that, and that is targeting fish where you, where actually a trolling motor is a handicap. If yeah. if if he takes that uh, a trolling motor to the spots he's doing, he's, it's going to make it worse for him to go fishing. So there is that level. Now, me personally, I think, and this is just me from a pure standpoint, right? And that word, I think it's overused, but... I like to see manpower. I think motors are for boats, kayak is for manpower. Me personally, do I hate motors on a tournament? No, I don't. Do I feel inferior because I see a guy on a motor? No, I don't. I feel inferior if I see if if that guy's better, like uh, like you know, Drew Gregory, Ross Snyder, and all that. But just because um, um, X man, you know, has this uh, trolling motor, no, I don't. When you, that bass tournament, the Lake Fork, that you and I took part of. The top three, I think none of them had a motor. I know the top two didn't. I'm, I'm not sure about the third one, but the top two did not have a motor, and they won. Mind you, there were that tournament was all spawning. Every, pretty much everybody was spawning fish, was fishing for spawn, which a motor is a problem because now you're making more noise. Now it's a little bit more complicated to fish with spawning fish. Well, so it all depends on the tournament. There's some body of waters. They're going to be more fit um, to use a motor, and a guy with a motor is going to have an advantage. Doesn't mean he's going to win, but it might have an advantage. And there's certain type of seasons that, like spawning, like a motor is not really going to help you. Well, and it all, you know, I agree and disagree with that because it all comes down to how you use your motor. I mean, if you're crumbing up in a spawning area and trying to use it to putt around, then you're 100% right. I hardly ever run my motor outside of going from A to B. Like, get in the water, run across the lake, it goes off and the paddle comes out. Or the pedals come out. I don't, you will never see me just, because I'm not good staying under the gun. That's equivalent for anybody listening. Maybe it hasn't done a motor on a kayak. It is the same thing if you're one of those guys that gets on a bass boat, turns it on 5 or 10, and just goes. Like, you are more efficient off that trolling motor 
Now there are situations and it, like MLF is a, like what I'm watching behind me is a great example of that where sometimes, you know, in the heat of the tournament, if you know what the scores are, it's like, okay, it's time to run and gun. And that's how you clear spots. But if, for me, I can't just stay on the motor because I'm not going to break an area down. I, I'd rather come in, get quiet. I mean, I'll turn my, uh, my, I'll follow my graph as I'm coming in. If I'm fishing shallow, I turn it off because they'd make a noise that they ping. You can hear it. If you put a, if you buy a brand new system before you put it on a boat or your kayak, if you put the transducer in a bucket of water, you can hear it go. And it will, it'll actually be going tap, 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 tap. Cause it's yep. pinging there and back, mm-hmm. but it, they make noise. So it's, you can, then you get into the argument of how much is really affecting the fishing and how much you just complaining. Cause you know, people would be like, well, motors are bad in shallow water, but graphs are great. Well, no, you're wrong. If you're saying they're loud, so is this, I mean, you're loud. You drop something on your boat, that's loud. It's mm-hmm. it's all relative. Beans, but that, having said that, I, I like that, and sorry to interrupt, I like that Hobie has said, you know, at least one of the major tournaments is staying manpower. I like that. Having said that, I don't have a motor. The minute that Hobie says we're going motor, I'm getting a, a spot lock. Because my me next year and moving forward, what I like to do is do more of the Hobie events. That's what I would like to target more. So I don't feel the need to buy a motor because what am I going to buy it for? I, I, I'm fishing the Hobie events. There's See, not that's really, unless it's practice. Now, if Hobie says we're going motors, then I'm going to say, you know what? I am going to buy motors. So that's why I'm not like hating on it because at the end of the day, I don't want to have to swallow my own words and say, you know what? I take my that back. I'm I'm okay with tournaments having boats. I I mean, having motors. Me personally, I see it as kayak sport. Kayak fishing, it should be a manpower. But again, I'm not against it. I'm not campaigning against it. The day that Hobie brings says you have, you know, that they're allowing motors, I'll buy a motor and fish with it. See, that's for me and Brian. We talked about that, uh, you know, a few days ago. That's why I, next year we'll probably just fish Bassmaster. Like, I have a fully set up kayak for just a motor. It is a beast to paddle if, you know, if it comes to that. I mean, it's 40 inches wide. It's a monster. It paddles, but it's a lot of work. So since I bought that boat and it is fully set up to be motored, that's what that boat will do. And I will go fish Bassmaster events because that's what that boat's for. I have a man-powered kayak, Mm -hmm. but what we'll get into in a minute with the way Hobie's rules work, you know, you already see how it limits and makes it a lot harder for guys like me and Drew that fish that skinny stuff, you know, so... While the their rules play more to an offshore, not it's not even true. They just don't play to the back creek creek guys that get like to get way away. As long as their rules are like that, I probably won't fish their boats or fish their boats, fish their tournaments just for that. It's nothing against them. I would not argue at all. From everyone I know, some of my very very close friends that are big players in the fishing part of this kayak fishing industry. They all tell you, everybody knows Hobie runs the best event. Oh yeah. I'm not saying that I don't fish their tournaments because I don't like anything or they do something wrong. It's just not, it's not catered to me at all. Do I want them to change it? Sure. Would I probably fish one anyway? I probably will just to say I've done it. Who knows? I may end up liking it. It may change how I fish, you know, make me put another piece of knowledge or, you know, a different way of approaching things. But for where I'm at now, what I'm comfortable with. 
I don't mind fishing Bassmaster and throwing a motor on. And I don't mind fishing local because local allows all these old school rules of portaging and getting way up in the creeks. And that's where I sit my manpower set at, you know. But it, I don't hate any of it. It's just no. I hate the argument more than I care which way anybody goes. I think 100% Hobie should always stay manpower. Why? Because it's it's Hobie. Like That's what they're known for is phenomenal pedal systems, phenomenal boats that are manpowered. Well, get out on the coast, they're wind-powered, but that's totally different. Throw a big old sail on that bad boy. I still want to do that. I really do want to do that. I want to sail a Hobie just to say I've done it. Because I didn't know what that little hole in the front was for. Mm-hmm. for the and they're like, oh, that's the yeah. sail mat. That's the mast pole for the sail. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, oh, I got a new goal now. But anyway, but uh, so going off of that with motors, y'all good on that? Anything else you want to add with motors? Quick, quick shout out to Chris Morales from um, here in Texas because I did. He he kind of did a great compromise with the TKC Texas Kayak Fish uh, Kayak Championship. Um, he allows motors. He allows trolling if you don't have a motor. And I think that's good because it kind of evens out the thing. I mean, it, it, it kind of evens it out. You know, the guys that paddle or pedal are saying, okay, you can, you can troll if you want, but if you have a motor, you know, it's, so it, it's a give and take. And I think that's yeah. big on Chris Morales, Jacob Anderson, and Joseph, uh, Jacob Anderson, Joseph Morales. And that's, that's the end of my rant. Anything else from Motor Susie? Um, you know, just like personally, you know, again, you know, I was, I was first against it in the beginning, but like, you know, as I've, you know, gotten into the kite fishing industry and everything, like I, I get it and everything, you know, the day I get a motor is the day I am, you know, the most confident in my knowledge and skills and where I know that that motor will be able to utilize my knowledge and skills to the fullest um, potential, you know, in a tournament setting, you know, but right now, like, I just like, there's so many things that I'm, you know, still like clueless about. And I'm just like, the last thing I want to worry about in a tournament is, you know, figuring out my motor, if there's like an issue with it or something like that. I mean, yeah, that, that might be, it might seem like a, a little, thing but like you know to me no it's, it's a, just, i mean drew ran into that at that last tournament his melted right yeah so it's just like you know it's it's less of a worry it's it's not a cost you know for me to worry about either you know and it's just like you know when i when i get to that level of you know where the you know some of our higher elite anglers are then yeah maybe i'll get a motor but right now it's just like i'm not at that level yet <laughs> one last thing i'll input on it is i also think that you may start to see it sway uh more towards them as companies like newport are coming around and offering that premium style like brushless system for lower prices Mm -hmm. um i argue with people all the time that you don't have to spend a lot of money to run a motor i mean brian ran brian had like a hundred dollars in his setup minus the battery you know, you right. take any old trolling motor, put a little effort into it, or don't just put a big old handle on it, you know, strap right. it to the back of the yeah. boat. Yeah, I know guys that strap them to blocks of wood. Like yeah. you can get on the water with any old trolling motor, folks. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen it. Yeah. Brian's Brian had like a 1979 30 thrust. I had my brand new fancy EPS system. His boat was still faster than mine. <laughs> like it doesn't matter, but some people do like look at, from the outside in when you show up somewhere they will 
you know, they show up in their Bass Pro Shop rig and you see a guy that's got 10 G's dropped in a Hobie. It can be intimidating. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't intimidate me. They're they're better than me. It's like, but even if he's crap, he's probably going to, you know, stumble onto something like maybe because he's pedaling and I'm paddling a yacht, you know. But anyway, so going off to that, we'll stay on the technology thing. What, who, what is y'all's take on advanced uh, electronics as far as graphs go? Like live scope, uh, what is it? Live scope, pan optics. Live, pan optics, you know. I, I feel like HDS live shouldn't even be in this argument because having played with them, it's not in the ballpark in my opinion. Yeah. It's, it's cool. <laughs> But it's not the other two. Yeah. No. <laughs> and like, I don't think, I'll go ahead and say this. I don't think Hummingbird's 360 vision is at all in that argument. Oh, yeah. Because it's not, it's not live. Not, right. it's not live, like, live scope, pan not optics. Scope. Like, yeah. you're, that, it's, it's cool, but it's not. But what are y'all's thoughts on that? You know, Susie's it, like straightening herself up in the chair. She's like, she's like Woo! I was gonna say something, but I'm like, no, I don't want to say. Well, anything she's now. winding it up. She's like winding up that pitch. Like, here we go. You know, it's 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 almost kind of along like the whole motor argument. You know, in a sense. You know, I mean, it, it does come down to price because I mean, what does like a live scope cost? Like, I know just the just the unit, not the head the head unit, mm-hmm. just the the transducer, transducer setup and everything. I think the last time I priced it was like fifteen hundred dollars for yeah. just that. And just then, that, yeah. and you have to have a compatible unit, which I think yeah. most of the Garmin units are. Yeah, now. most of the Garmin's are. Yeah, yeah. but now so, it's setting it up too on your kayak, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's thing. all of that to deal with, you know. Okay, so for one, you know, if you're and it. it it, it can vary between, you know, what level of competing you're at. Grassroots, local stuff, it's going to be harder for some people to afford some of that stuff. You know, they might be just getting into it, or maybe they're rich-ass people who are just having some fun with some local kids. You know, who knows? I mean, it could be anything, but, you know, the price point at first, I think, is going to be, you know, kind of like, holy crap, you know, I can't get into this, you know, and I was kind of that way too, when I first got into it, because, you know, I see everybody with all these fish finders, and I'm like, there's a speck on the screen. Does that mean it's a fish? <laughs> yeah, that type of thing. I still am. I'm still there. <laughs> yeah. I that little thing will pop up, and it'll show an emblem of a fish, and I'm like, no. <laughs> right? I'm just You're like, wrong. <laughs> no. That can't, no, what? No, yeah. I, I'm still, like, I got a new unit this year, and it blows my mind how like ridiculous this thing is. And I'm like, I haven't even touched like the tip of the iceberg with this thing. But anyway, and what unit are you running just for reference? Uh, I've got a Lawrence uh, HDS uh, something. Thing. Yeah. So you have the HDS, uh, HDS live. Yes. Or... Yeah. HDS live. Yeah. So like, I, I uh, honestly, I, <laughs> I still look at the screen and I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> you know, so yeah. Anyway, you know, it, it, again, it comes down to, you know, the skill of the angler. Yeah, you know, you may come up to a fish, you know, you may be able to determine the silhouette of that fish or the shape of that fish, what exactly it is, 
Maybe not, you know, it depends on how your settings are and all that other stuff. The other thing is too, is like, you got to get that fish to bite too. So yeah, you may be able to see it clear and see exactly where it's at. But again, are you going to be able to catch that fish? You know, what if it just ain't doing anything? Well, you got to work and find other fish to catch, you know? So my opinion with, you know, the fish finders and stuff like that, I, I sure, I don't care. <laughs> you know, I mean, again, it comes down to, you know, your knowledge and your skills and everything. Um, and just, yeah, it might be able to give you an edge on the water. I mean, maybe not. It, again, it just depends on skill. It, it definitely I, breaks down to if you can utilize that piece of equipment. Mm -hmm. Because I used to argue the same argument you have. Well, it's not catching them for you. It's just finding them. Right. But after seeing one used crappie fishing... You can literally just be like, oh, no, they don't like that bait. Yeah, I was about to touch They on still that. didn't move. Yeah, go ahead and get into that, Armando. <laughs> no, and that's the thing. People say it's not going to make you a be, uh, better fisherman. Yes, it will. Let, let, let's start by saying that. It will once you learn how to use it. Now, giving you my experience, I bought an Ascend kayak. Then I got it, and I, and I kind of figured out I know how to fish without a fish finder. I got a fish finder, and I forgot how to fish. I was in a struggle because now I'm focusing on this piece of electronic that I spend money on and trying to figure out how I can combine it. And with it, I lost my fishing skills. And things like that keep moving. You know, once you add stuff, especially when you're learning how to kayak fish, at the first, it's going to be a handicap because now you're focused on learning this instead of learning how to fish. Once you learn how to com complement your skill with this tool, it will definitely make you a better fisherman. Why? Because like you touched on it, now when you don't have a fish finder with a live scope, you know the fish there, but you're not sure if you got them there. You don't not you're not sure how they're reacting to your bait. So you might spend a more couple of more casts trying to figure it out. Where in a live scope, you see your bait going down, you see the fixed reaction to it. It took one cast to figure out they ain't biting on that. So guess what? We're gonna switch it over. Second cast, did I get it on the nose? Yes, I did, or no, I didn't. That means I got to cast further. Because now you know exactly where they are versus like, I think they're here. I see something, but I don't even know if it's a carp or a carp or, or, or a crappy or whatever it is. So once you learn how to implement that, it will make you a better fisherman. How that relates to tournament is, I've seen people, I've heard the comment of like, they should ban this. You really can't go down that rabbit hole. Because where do you stop? Where, where is it where you cut the line and says, this is where the line is going to cut. And from this point on, How are you gonna regulate do, we're it? not going to allow this. How do you, what's the cutoff? You're going down the rabbit hole mm -hmm. where you're going to piss off everybody. Like there's there's no middle ground on it. Either you allow it well, or you the, don't. There's a lot yeah. of that in, yeah. in tournament directing anyway. Any rule that you implement is going to make someone happy and piss someone off. You will not ever please the masses. Yep. You can That's literally true. implement every rule that every individual angler wants, and it will piss off every individual angler somehow. That That's true, but this is more of like, what's the judgment call on it? Like, it's Oh, no, no, say, I agree with there's, you. There's you can't be ban it. people that says... Why are you banning hawk trough? Now I have to invest. I'm not happy. I was having my hawk trough. Yes, we get it. You're, but there's an integrity 
part of it. And everybody can agree that it's a lot easier to manipulate a hawk trough than it is a catchboard. So they also break really easily. Exactly. So there's the point. It's like yes, we understand, but we know there's a there's a clear cut line that defines the integrity of the sport. When it comes to uh, electronic, really doesn't hemp. It really doesn't affect the integrity of the sport. So really, it, it's a very blurred line when you're gonna say, are we gonna lie? Are we not gonna lie? In my opinion, at this point in, in in the technology. Now, if the technology takes a leap forward in the next five years where it's like, okay, this is not even fishing anymore. This is just, this is just ridiculous. Then that, you know, we'll re-examine that point of view. But at this point in time, I don't think there's any way that you can say, yeah, this, there's no line to cut. It's, it's too blurry to me to, to say this is where we stop. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With this. Yeah, I, I don't think you can go, go. You know, maybe like you got a new trail series coming in or something like that. You could set that rule from the get go. That way, there's nothing really to. I mean, the, this is this is our rules. This is what we're going to be doing from now on. You know, maybe if it's a a clear drawn line from the beginning, but it's it's something like I don't think a club that's been long standing could like notice that. Hey. We had four guys win this year, and they were all using life scope. We'll just ban them next year. You know how bad that's going to look. Yeah, like that, it's going to look so bad. <laughs> like oh, it's yeah. like, oh, you're you're just taking away the advantage from them. But it's right. it, it again. This is another one of those things that it's not really a big deal to me. But some people, I I, I just see too many people go out and just completely whack everybody's tail with nothing. Mm-hmm. For me yeah, to think it gives oh, yeah. you a competitive edge. Like you said, Armando, though, in the future, will this technology get to a point where, like Drew's talked about it, well, maybe they'll end up having to be when we, if we ever see kayak fishing get to like an elite level and there's like a pro circuit with like 50 names on it where those guys are so good and all of them, like, you know, if 70% of them are using LifeScope, we'll probably want to at least have one. Even, you know, you may not even have to video game fish, but. It's a great piece of equipment and tool to have if you know how to use it for backup if your stuff's not working, you know? But I, I don't think it's there now. I think it's... Yeah. I think a lot of people get more of that shell-shocked from seeing someone use it knowing that they can't afford that unit, you know? But, uh, again, going back to Texas, me and my buddy were fishing right next to a guy with live scope, and we caught way more fish than he did. <laughs> like, yeah. I never saw him real fish in. Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, it, and it's a thing. You and Miner touched on it. I'm sorry to interrupt, Susie, but your Miner just touched on it on a video today. He said, um, from for a promotion from Doug Albate and Tackle, he says this has become essential to me. This is the kid that's a, very likely, or very, or sit at the pole position to win the Hobie B B O S as the Angler of the Year, PLC. which we all know is the most kind of coveted and the hardest Angler of the Year to win anywhere. So, and this is a young kid who's 20 years old. This is not Ross Snyder with decades of uh, of experience. This is not Drew Gregory. This is a young kid coming up. 
and he and I, and I'm not this I'm not discrediting his talent. His talent speaks for himself. I'm not discrediting it. But it, does, it you can tell when he says himself, this is essential to for me to fish in the Hobie BOS. Then it goes to show you once you learn how to use it, then yeah, it it is going to give you the upper hand, and it it might it might make an angler that's just see seating right below the cusp of the elite. Just give him that nudge that you say, okay, now we can say he's in the elite now, kind of thing. He may not be the best angler. But it bumps him up. It's going to bump your talent once you learn how to implement it. For sure, for sure. Uh, anything else on electronics? Is there any other electronics I'm not thinking of? I think that's it. There's like the, what's the camera thing that you can stick down? Oh, yeah. That I've seen some people see. use. The AquaView? Is that what they yeah. call the it? AquaView or something Aqu like that? Aqua something. Yeah, I don't I mean, know like enough about that one to have an so argument. Much. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're very limited with that. So, you know, and well, they, they... they've got the, the some of the boat guys use that thing they put on their transducer that emits a noise or a frequency or something like that. That's a fish attractant. I've seen that. I can't remember what that's called. That to me crosses the line, in my opinion. Agreed. One hundred percent. You might as well just tie. Like, yeah, you might as well just tie a bunch of dead live dead bait on the bottom of your kayak and go. <laughs> It's like, I'm not catching them with it, but I'm getting them close. I hope nobody cheats that way, because I feel like I just started that, because that was totally a joke. Well, I heard this on Jimmy Skinner. He right. said... Madeline Finn Podcast said, if you tie a bunch of shad to the bottom of your boat, it's not cheating. <laughs> no, I'm going to go ahead and call it. You're cheating. Cheating. Um, sticking with cheating, we will go <laughs> straight from here into... Um, <laughs> you, you see Susie rubbing his hand. She's like, she's ready. So we'll we'll kind of combine a few things into it. Armando already kind of touched on it about hog trough versus catch board, and that being requirements in um two of the net. Actually, I think it's all three of the national events oh, now. Of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they all went catch. Hobie went uh, uh, metal only. So there's a reason we're not getting into yep, that. Yep, there is a big reason. Really, but we'll uh. We're not going to yeah, go into super fine details, I don't feel like bringing up all that crap and getting yeah, it all started um, up again. It's, it's a dead horse at this point, but yeah. Right. But boards and we'll, we'll kind of say judging, you know, um, the big one is always hands and I won't even get into mouth open rule because that's not really something to talk about. That's just all up on who's judging the tournament to be able to tell the difference between a fish's mouth open and a fish with a bubble lip. But, but, but however, <laughs> that, that is actually a debate that we could She's not waiting for her turn though, today. You know, because <laughs> I mean... Oh, I don't care. I told her before we started, just cut me off, go for it. <laughs> right? I knew so, Susie had a lot to talk about, but she was the first person that responded when I said, does anybody want to talk about rules? She's like, I'm so <laughs> in. I was like, so like, I was like if she's the only person that does it, this will be a good episode. <laughs> so... All right. Well, so, yeah, we'll start with like, you know, the mouth rule and what that, you know, everything that pertains to it. All right. So, you know, there's open mouth rule. Should I get a beer for this? There's rules as far as like if it's a quarter inch or less open, if it's a quarter inch or more open, if it's deformed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The challenging parts of that rule as a director 
depending on which, uh, you know, tournament series you're judging for or what rules the uh, league has in place, you know, how do you properly and fairly determine what is a quarter inch or more? How do you determine that it is a, you know, jacked up mouth and just maybe the fish has no bottom lip at all? Do you judge that as just a thing or do you completely deny it? You know, there's a, there are a lot of gray areas to this rule sometimes. It's That's definitely situational, but there has to be a standard. Yes, there definitely has to be a standard. Now, I, I personally think that the quarter inch thing should be mm -hmm. gone. It's either open so or it ain't. Because, and exactly. then the, the, you know, you're putting trust in someone to judge a tournament. So yes. their word is final. Yep. So if you say any kind of mouth open that is not a deformity, you know, whatever you're, you know, whether you're taking inches off or kicking it, then it's up to that. You, the person that has been entrusted to judge the tournament, whatever they say goes at that point. Question, yes, of the judge. At and the the, and yes. you're, as a tournament president, club director, whatever, whoever's judging, you are putting your trust in them knowing they know what the hell. Like, they would know, okay, this fish came in with no bottom lip. That's not his fault. Right. And it's obvious, too. But like, they should also be able to tell the difference of a fish, you know, like, jawline out. Or open. Like it's very I haven't had one yet and I've judged a lot that I've actually been like hmm is it deformed or is it open like most of the time you don't just look here you can right. look down their jaw crease mm -hmm. and you can tell you can tell yes sorry to cut you off but no that, hey that's no it's good it's good discussion but yes I fullheartedly agree I don't like the whole in between like okay if it's this much or less open then it's only this amount of deducted. No, no, no. Who, who's to say that it's that much open? Are you going to stick like a little rule in there? Is that to scale? You know, there, there's a whole big debate with that. Don't say that too loud. They're already making everybody do video releases. Oh, we could get into that. Yeah. Uh, That's, I forgot about that. Yeah, I would like know, to get into right? that one. Yes. But uh, you say it too loud, they'll start sending everybody a little half-inch measuring stick. They got to like stick in the fish's mouth. Mm -hmm. Or stick behind the fish or some bullshit. Sorry. As a TD, I like rules that are in black and white. There is no gray area. There is no question about it. If that mouth is closed, there is not going to be a deduction. If that mouth is open in any way, shape, or form, you're automatically getting this deduction. Boom. End of story. <laughs> does Adam even try to argue with you anymore, your husband? Does he, Shit, no. does he know automatically that he lost? Like It depends. It depends he could be saying... Susie can be saying the earth is flat. He can say, no, it's ground. But he's not going to win. He's just, he's not going to win. That's why he doesn't even bother. <laughs> no, I think I agree with Trophy Susie. Trophy husband. I think, <laughs> I think you can't start making like, well, if it's a, you penalize. And you penalize for people for not following the rules. And I, I think, Susie, you said that once in a podcast. Help me help you. As a tournament yes. angler, as a tournament director, help me help you. I'm here to judge. Please do my job as easy as possible. If yeah. the mouse is closed, it's open. Even if it's just a millimeter, I can't judge that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to penalize you for not following the rule. And the, whether it's half, to me personally, it should be at least half an inch penalty. 
going it more than one inches, I think it's taking it too long. The reason why I wouldn't disqualify a fish, because you really discounting, you know, people work hard to get their fish, you know. So to completely erase the hard work that they did um, and just say, well, we don't count that, you know, when we're talking about mouth closed, we're not talking about other things. We're just talking about mouth closed. I feel that's taking it too far. And I've seen tournament anglers do that, um, tournament directors do that. So, well, I'm going to disqualify it. That, that's too harsh because that guy or girl worked their butt off for that cat. Anybody that's done fishing knows it takes a lot to catch a fish. So don't automatically disqualify it. Penalize it if the mouth is open even one millimeter because it's supposed to be closed. So do you think that this is a rule that should be standardized across every single tournament? I, yeah, I, I mean, local clubs, I, you know, it's all dependent. But I don't think you can make rules standard for local level, but I think that it should yeah. be standard. We yeah. should have a and, big set standard for all the bigger okay. stuff. But no, like and, what I'm saying is, it's just like, you know, yeah, we know these people work hard and everything. But when you are competing at these elite level of tournaments where, you know, you get like the TOC, you are held to the highest standard as an angler. You should know these rules front and back. You know, you should know what deductions you get or what disqualifications you get if you don't have everything set in place the way it should be in that photo submission. So, I mean, it may seem like it's harsh, but at the same time, this is why this is a it, 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 it keeps you humble. And, and that's what I'm saying penalize it, but don't disqualify don't the disqualify. fish. Okay, you don't yeah. disqualify the fish, penalize him. Take oh. I would say that's a little harsh, but I would say, hey, regardless, if it's open a little bit, it's going to be, what? I mean, the hardest I would go was be an inch. We'll detect right, yeah. an inch. And that's Jimmy, a lot. You, you said you've got the rules open for yeah. some of them. Who? But I, does touching, anybody, while, while any Jimmy of the touches big three, on, sorry, do any of the big three disqualify a photo for having an open mouth in any way, shape, or form? Y'all talk and I'll look because I have it on something well, else. Yeah. While he does that, Susie, uh, giving you uh, props, you shared uh, a post from the KBN on the group chat talking about what will it take to take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. Now, it, this is kind of hard because now there are big corporations, not big corporations, but big organizations like Bassmaster involved in kayak fishing. And you got MLF. Mm -hmm. They got the money. So, you know, and they know it. So they're going to pull to, each one's going to pull to their side. I would like to see in every major sport has that where uh, a federation and a body, uh, a governing body that makes up the rules and says, this is what the rules are. If you want to be an official kayak fishing um, league, you have to abide by those rules. Basketball okay. has it with FIBA, although the NBA kind of trumps it because of their, you know, the, the money that they bring. Yeah. But uh, soccer has the same thing, you know, they all have a governing body that says these are the rules. I would right. like to see that when it comes to tournaments. If you're going to sanction the tournament, you're going to say this is an official kayak fishing tournament. I would like to see a governing body make those rules and say these right. are the rules for yeah. uh, when it comes to, especially when it comes to hand placements and open and closed mouth. The, I'll, I'll give you an example while Jimmy still, and Jimmy, whenever you get the information and you want to cut in, let me know. Well, y'all keep going. I found one, which is interesting, and I'm working on the next two. So here in Texas, there's a bunch of uh, bluegrass tournament. Now, a lot of, a uh, few of them are run by Chris Morales, Duke Trent, which I know 
you know, they, they kind of talk and, and, and kind of work together. But still, there's a bunch. You got Southeast Texas, Northeast mm-hmm. Texas, Central Texas, West Texas. And a lot of time, cats, which is kind of like their own thing with ACK. And then you have to remember, okay, what are the rules for the... You're fishing a tournament. You forget which one you're on. And they're yes. like, oh, wait a minute. Can I place my hand here? Can I not? I've taken to the point where I was like, as much as I can, I'm not whole, even touching the fish. I've gotten to a point where like, I don't touch right. the fish. Yeah. Now, there's times, especially on summer, when that sun is bright and hot, that you have no option but to put your hand on it to calm it down. But that's the thing about it. The governing body would go a long way to say, hey, you know what? These are the rules. And then you don't have to kind of like figure out, wait a minute, which tournament am I fishing? Right. Which, which rules well, apply to and this? And that's, you know, like kind of like how there is somewhat of somewhat of standards when it comes to rules like you know kbf was kind of like the start of you know kayak fishing rule standard and a lot of clubs and agencies have you know adopted those and made their modifications but still there are a lot of different modifications you know, which I can understand to a certain extent, you know, like some of them want to allow trolling. Some of them don't want to allow trolling. Some of them want to allow more than one line in the water because they have, you know, a different species that they're going for. You know, there are, you know, some different stipulations and everything. However, when it comes to these types of things, when it comes to like, you know, mouth being open, mouth being closed, touching the tail, pinching the tail, that type of thing. Ouch. I, I cannot emphasize how much how i wish there was a golden standard straight across Mm -hmm. the board for everything that you just could not change well here we'll go from that so i'll start with this i'll save the interesting my interesting take (laughs) on one of them for last so we'll start with bass the bass master series um based off their photo criteria the mouth of the bass must be closed completely and the penalty for a open mouth is a one inch deduction. It does not say quarter inch leeway. Basically what I would take from that as an angler, which I take from this cause I fish with them. If it's cracked one inch deduction. Yep, okay. It's open in any way, shape or form. Right. Okay. So KBF, uh, bass's lipper jaw must be in contact with a measuring board or fence violation is denial of photo in the bass fishing competition a closed mouth is preferred for uniformity of measurement if judge considers the mouth to be open a quarter of an inch or more even if it is structurally unable to close a one inch penalty will be assessed so that right there says a bubble lip still gets you a uh, right so that was a little different so that, so again, one saying, inch penalty. On this, but it's saying if your mouth is open a quarter inch or less, you're not getting any deduction. Right. And here lies the problem. And, and let me interrupt real quick. Here lies the problem. Now you're going down the deep rabbit hole. Look at what Bassmaster is doing. It's open half an inch. Now you, you're cornering yourself as KBF into being open for interpretation and being uh, open to criticism. Because now you're saying, well, if it's this and if it's that, you're giving too much explanation. It's open or it's closed. Simple as that. Keep it white, black or white. It's open There's a giant word here it's that open. needs to be taken yeah. out completely yeah. is closed mouth is preferred. 
That's, no. that's closed mouth price. is required. So that, it, yeah, rules? it says preferred. So yeah, there's a big gaping discrepancy as a TD and a judge. Like, why would you have that word in that there? Is, preferred, preferred is not go in rules anymore. No, exactly. I don't like to create. It's tradition. like saying we I don't prefer like, you to wear is, your PFD. That is <laughs> yeah, the no. stupidest thing I've ever heard on a rule. So now this is the one that, honest to God, out of these two, I don't like that last one that we just read. Too, like you said, too much room, too much, yep. too much, it's too much interpretation. It's not yeah. black and white. So there's an there's not too much room for interpretation, but there's there's room in a different way on this one. So this one's Hobie. So I forgot to scroll back up to their photo criteria. Uh, the mouth of the bass must be closed completely. Same as Bassmaster. I like reading that. Okay. What I don't like is the penalties. Mouth cracked or slightly open, half an inch deduction. Mouth blatantly open, one to two inch deduction. What, what, the hell what is the that? judge of that? What is what? Mouth blatantly open, if it's one blatantly inch. Open, so like if it's just you put that bitch on the, on the thing like this. And it's wide open. <laughs> You can get a one inch to a two inch deduction. What's the? I How I do agree. You properly and uh, fairly judge that. Yeah, I that's have, a twenty. Problem, I'm taking off have, two. It's an eighteen. I'll take off one. The problem that I have with that rule is the part where it says one to two. It's either one Pick or one. two. Like like yeah. I know like there's times where the fish is just not gonna close his mouth. It's just. There are times where it's like, God, I got to get him to close his mouth completely. Okay, you take the, the half-inch deduction, you say, that's fine. You know, let's let's move on. Let's keep fishing because I'm wasting too much time here. When it's blatantly open, when you say like, you know, I've had bass that they just, for whatever reason, the trauma of being hooked cannot, their mouth is shut. I can't even close them with my hands. I'm like this, I'm hurting this fish if I try to close his mouth. And I've had been to me a couple of times. My what I do is I put him on the net, get him on the water a little bit, let him kind of like get the trauma out of it and put him back in. But anyways, that's another. But yes, I agree with saying, hey, if it's crack open, we'll deduct an inch or half an inch. If it's blatantly open, yes, we're going to deduct you an inch completely or two inch. But I would do I would do the extreme. If you're not even going to try two yes. inches. Yes. But that whole thing, one or two inches. Again, you're setting yourself up for interpretation well then not only that but you know you could also you know as ah. fabian is you know somebody who's, <laughs> well somebody no, well but this is also a, an interesting and a good thing in a way though is because they, they have people out there who ha are like hawks watching these tournaments you know they're watching the photo submissions and Shout they're out criticizing to everything you know which is good because you know what yes. Hey, you know, we're making sure that whoever's judging these big tournaments is on their toes. being held to the highest level that they can be, which is how it should be. You know, me, myself, as a judge, you know, I hold myself to a high level. It's just like, I don't care who you are. I don't care who's taking that picture. It could be Go Jody Queen. It could be Christine Fisher. It could be Katie. It could be anybody. You know, Dusty Yacker. I don't care who's judging that. If you have a perfect picture your mouth is closed i can see everything clear as day i'm gonna judge that fish super easy you know but if you got a mouth open and everything i'm not gonna be like oh yeah you know that's uh like you know russ snyder's i better go easy on him no 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 
No, that's that's not how you judge the, fish. What I wish, what I wish is for Tourney X, and this would be for all sorts of other reasons other than just the mouth open thing. I wish from the, and that'd be hard to do, on the director side of Tourney X, I wish all the submissions would come in with no names. Like mm. the... like that really complicated. I'm not. I agree with you, but it kind right. Of- like I said, it would be hard. But when you go to mm-hmm. score submissions or whatever, Angler X, Angler A, Angler B doesn't say Angler anything. Yeah. If you got 160 pictures of fish, there's 160 pictures of fish. You go through, and then it does its auto calling. That way, there is no chance of anybody being biased about anything. Everything gets just now. Again, that can be loose. People know each other's boats. They're well. Yeah, I mean, you crap. Can tell- a lady's hand sometimes, sometimes. But <laughs> or feet. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> We're going down. Some people have some nasty. Check feet out our OnlyFans, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. That was a good one. But uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I, I mean, I, it, it would never happen. But I think it would be because it it would take a different. Because you have to be able to contact the angler. And then, obviously, you can go back and you can see their best fish. So, you'd be like, yep. But still, well, yeah, it, it'd be but loose. The, and, that's, and that's where you're relying on the honesty of your Right. Your but, judge. yeah, but I, the, the biggest con I see from that, oh, t- that, too, is, you know, as a judge and a director, especially for my local tournaments, if somebody has submitted a fish and it's, like, blurry because, you know, sometimes X will downgrade the pixelation and everything. Like, I'm going to reach out to them and be like, hey send me that photo of that fish to me via messenger so I can get a better look of it because like, it's just, it's looking weird or whatever, you know? And so, um, you know, that, I'll, I'll do that, but I've gotten harsh on everything else for the most part. Right. Like yeah. I go through it so detailed in the, the live captain meeting that you're supposed to watch that yeah, come yeah, tournament yeah. day, <laughs> yeah. I'm ruthless. Mouth open, <laughs> screw you. Mouth open, screw you. You know, right. this will be a segue into the next topic. Yeah. Hand in the gill plate. Go, Susie. Hand placement <laughs> in tournaments. <laughs> Tell yes. me what you hate. Tell me what you love. What should be the standard? Uh, Here we go. Hold up, yeah. hold up. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know... There, and you've got all three rules up again, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. I want you to tell me what um, the rules are for each of them for either touching the tail or pinching the tail. All right. Y'all talk. Give me a second. Yeah. Well, here, real quickly, I wanted to touch on this because we were talking about in the pre-show. Cat's tournament took a little bit of grief. And going back to what you were saying, those uh, keyboard heroes, shout out to Clifton Allen, people's champion in Texas. Some people love him. I want one of them. So people don't appreciate the calling out, but he does keep everybody honest. And he brought up a great subject. And I had talked to that angler that was, uh, well, from that post that came up in, in the KBN. It was the Cats tournament. Um, the gentleman that was fishing is seven foot tall. His hand is probably the size of most people's personal best. And he got disqualified <laughs> because on three of the fish, because his thumb was not covering, but touching, grazing the anal fin. That sounds kind of dirtier than, than it is. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he got disqualified. Here's my thing. 
the, the, the rules for hand placement are for two things. First of all, the integrity of the sport, honesty of the sport, integrity of the sport, and the protection for the bass. The whole thing, the, the gill plate, not touching the gill plate, not on the, the hand, th uh, fingers not underneath the gill plate, that's to protect the fish. I am completely for, uh, uh, on call for that. Um, not touching the tail, of course, because we see it in the past, cut tails and all that, don't touch the tail. When you start getting into like, again, setting yourself up for scrutiny don't put the don't touch the anal fin don't touch this keep it simple put your if you need to put your hand put it between where you're not touching the the gill plate and you're not touching the base of the tail where we can see the difference where the tail and the rest of the body starts that's it don't start saying anal fin don't start putting because you're setting yourself up for scrutiny just keep it simple. It's it's not this, that hard. This is it's, this is also a rule though that I think is always gonna have some gray area to it because you know you can go down the rabbit hole with this one because your seven foot friend has you know a twenty four inch widespread on his hand. He just caught a twelve inch fish, and that sucker will not stay on the board for anything so yeah, yeah his hand is literally gonna be covering all of that fish so you know who's to say that a tournament league might not come up with the idea of saying you know oh no you can only have like two fingers on the fish or something ridiculous like that because i could totally see it happening mainly because stop talking of, like that susie Hey, this is the way that we have to think sometimes. No, it is. Because of how people have been cheating. You know, people yeah. have been drawing on fish. People have been cutting fish's tails. People have been slicing the tails. <laughs> so, you know, we. You're I lost on the fish, though. No, tr trust me. People have done wow. this. People have taken a Sharpie to change the markings here. so that they look different. People Tell have him a and, little mustache. And, and well, <laughs> I would. I, that is literally what I was like. I'm gonna draw a handlebar mustache on a fish. <laughs> but is no, that Jimmy Skinner or is that a bass? What is that a beer on? <laughs> so, but this is why there will be a gray area. Okay. So recently, though, a guy had been catching fish. He's got a big hand spread. He'd be covering most of the fish, so you can't really see a lot of markings to distinguish if another fish of the same size was caught and submitted. So what this guy was doing is he would catch a fish, take multiple pictures of it with his hand covering nearly the entire fish. Then what he would do is take pictures with his hand off of it or just kind of, you know, different, different on there so you could see the markings. But then he would scrape the tail to make it look like it was a different oh, I saw tail. That one. Yeah. Oh, that's just that's just yeah, wrong. That yeah, that's but this is this is the length of cheating of that people have went to. So, how do you make a rule that is going to be consistent that covers that? How can you say in a rule you can't cover up like ten percent of the fish? Well, if you catch a twelve-inch fish, the most chances are your hand's going to be more than what that fish is, and it won't stay on the board. So, how the hell are you supposed to like get it picture perfect if it's popping all over the place? You know. Well, I'll, I'll hop in. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll hop in with what our local club does is they do because of all the crap we're talking about. They do mouth open, no hands. 
You see the whole fish. No worried about getting the mouth shut. That they don't look at it from the cheating aspect as much as they do about no stress on the fish. You know, yeah. it's in, it's out. You but know, the problem. The problem with that is now you're putting the fish's health at risk. And my point of this is now because when the mouth is open, there's a reason why they penalize you because the mouth is open. Because when the mouth is open, that fish is all of a sudden not 20 inches, might be 21 inches, might be 20 and a half inches. So now you're gonna have guys trying to force their mouth open. Now you're gonna have guys that are saying, okay, I'm not gonna put the hand on it, but the fish won't stop moving. So guess what? I'm not gonna, I'm gonna wait till this fish comes down. By the time this fish comes down, it may be too late to put him back on the water. Say that, so, yeah. Which gets to the, probably a good segue to go to the a whole video releasing stuff. But that, that, that's the thing about it. It's like, there's gotta be a balance with protecting the fish and protecting and the integrity of the sport. And that's what I think the balance is. My opinion is, and we can go back to what the whole thing with Ron Champion is, not calling Ron Champion out. I'm not trying to get into beef or anything, but we know what happened. And my thought when that happened is, and I was talking to one of the tournament languages, I can't remember if it was you, Jimmy, or, or who it was, but I thought, how is it that there wasn't a rule on Hobie BOS? Because the excuse was, well, there wasn't a rule. To me, there should be at least one rule that should say any manipulation, physical manipulation of the fish to make it look bigger than its uh, nature, natural size, automatic disqualification. That covers a whole lot of things. And people say, well, that's uh, that interpretation. And to me, it's not. And this is where I go by this. If you're cutting, if you're putting, you know, manipulating the fish in a sense that cutting the tail or uh, making it, or I've seen guys that just like white knuckle it to make the, to squeeze that fish into being well, that, squished and up into being bigger. Well, with smallies, sometimes yeah. you have to white knuckle them to hold them on the board because, like, the moment you let go, they're gone. But yeah. you can, I mean, I've, I've, never, I've had fish, especially on summer, when they're really active. I mean, you don't have to white knuckle. You can just put your hand on it, press a little bit on it, and and let the, you know, let the, and wait a few minutes to come down it. I, oh, that's why I think I, I rarely, people ask me, why do you have a net if you're lipping them all the time? I don't really, unless it's a really huge fish or, and I mean a treble hook, I really don't use the net. The net to me is like, this fish is not coming down. I'm going to put him in the water. You know, their jaws locked open. I'm going to put him in the water, get him relaxed, then put him back on the board. That's basically why I bring the net more than anything. So there, there's not a perfect rule that's going to apply to everything. Oh, what my suggestion is, is like, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Hand between somewhere between the plate and the tail. Don't touch the plate. Don't touch the base of the tail. Let us see where the tail starts when the body starts. Let us see the the gill plate completely, and that's it. So, in my opinion, because I've got it all pulled up. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to start with KBF because KBF's rules are what I would wish would be an industry standard. Just and that's me personally. So. Hand position. In bass competition, again, a lot of words, hand or fingers may be in contact with the caudal, the caudal peduncle, peduncle, fleshy scaled part of the bass's body at what the base of the caudal fin. It's the middle of the damn fish, but not covering or touching any portion of the caudal tail fin. Violation will result in a one inch deduction. Then they go in and have a picture, which I should have set up the 
screen share here. Yes, say, yeah, like I can bring that up here. But I can give you a breakdown of what it is. So it's basically like what Armando just said. Uh, fish facing left, mouth closed. The hand is in between the tail fin and the gill plate without touching uh, anything else. And the rules are broken down this way. Deny the fish if the front of the mouth is covered. Deny the fish if the eye is covered. Deny if any portion of the hand is under the gill flap, which I 100% agree with. Um, rule The last one is there's a one-inch penalty if the tail fin is touched or covered by the hand or fingers, which would include pinching. So that's, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so the picture I, up here, yeah. For I, our I folks like on YouTube, this is what well, I was just reading it off of. A very, very well put out. Yes. Very You'll basic. Need- and I, I think it gives you enough room. Like, you can say what you want about somebody's size of their hand and holding the fish down. Now, your guy in Texas, that I completely understand. But if it's coming into question about multiple fish because of not being able to identify things, one, you don't know how to look at anything other than the, uh, what does they call that? The line, I can't remember. The, oh, uh, um, yeah, what the heck is that called? <laughs> ladder, the lateral line. Lateral line, lateral yeah. Line, yeah. So, I know a lot of guys I talk to that judge tournaments talk about that. Well, I'm like, there's so much more of that fish you can look at. Like, fin shape, gill plate shape, jawline shape. So, and at the same time, not every fish is struggling to get off the board. I can go back right now, because I keep all the pictures of all the fish I submit in tournaments. Mm-hmm. I probably only have my hand on maybe same five here. of them. Yep, like, if you go back... That fish, I put the board at an angle. Yep. Make the weight of the fish hold the mouth closed, and I move yep. my hands. That way, there's no, like a guy taught me a trick with the tail to dodge the pinching thing. I will take the fish if the fish is laying. Well, it'd be this way. So his tail's at the end. It's supposed to be. I'll pick the tail up and let it do this. And if you do that two or three times, and they'll relax their tail and fan it. And then I just take my fingers and I run across its back and its bottom and it'll shape the tail in. And then I don't have to touch it. Like it, it always, because the fish is wet, when you shape it, it stays. I mean, unless they get moving, but it's, they don't always do that. Small mouth, totally different. Small mouth. They're, they should allow cam straps for big, small mouth. I should be able to just. Because I've had smallmouth jump oh up and fin God. me, you know. I, I've, I've literally been hit in the mouth, and the taste on top of him slapping me and that, getting in the water was. I'd love to found him. I don't eat bass. I'd have ate his ass. <laughs> I would have fried him and enjoyed him. But uh, so that was KBF. So we'll go into. Uh, and that was a good one. The only thing I would change about that again, being too extensive with that. Well, if it's touching the tail, we'll deduct no. Don't touch the tail. Point, point is simple. Yeah, don't I touch agree. The tail. That is black don't, don't and white. Yeah, you well, don't back, touch it. Going back. Well, to, especially with the get, other three right. rules that are on that picture, say deny, deny, deny. Mm-hmm. So yeah. deny the fourth one. Like, yeah. all right. Going so back real quickly before you say that, and that's what I like to talk about when when the whole thing, and again going back to what the whole round champion thing that happened again, not picking on him, but like there should be just a rule that says. Because when we go to talk about hawk drops, it's like, well, they put the magic marker. You're manipulating the board now. Put a rule that says 
don't don't have to put a rule that says you're bending the board. Don't put a rule that says you're uh, making the lines larger. Put a rule that says if you're manipulating the board, that it looks beyond what the manufacturer intended. That's disqualified. That's it. That you don't have to worry about. Yeah, be careful. That it covers though. bending it. That covers making the lines bigger. That covers whatever other manipulation. Same thing with the fish. Are you manipulating the fish in any way physically to make it look bigger than they are? That talks about cutting the tail. That talks about having the mouth open. That, well, that that's another thing. But make put that rule in there so you can go back to that and say, did you manipulate the board in any way? You did, then you're disqualified. Whether it's that you bend it, whether it's that you made that line a little bit bigger, that's it. You manipulate. You got to be careful with that rule, though, because interpretation, manipulating that board, that means moving that board in any way, shape, or form to adjust that fish. So people could interpret that as tipping the board as manipulating the board. Well, tipping tipping the board actually is less productive. Like I do what Jimmy does. I know a lot of anglers don't want to do that because now you may be losing that quarter, that right. line. Right, but that because is Because you're still... manipulating the board into the... Yeah, but, right. that, but that's not a competitive advantage. If you want to be consistent with your ruling and your Susie, judging. I 100% agree with you, Armando, but Susie's 100% right with it. It's... Manip the word manipulation in itself is open for interpretation. Yes. Well, manipulating physically, that's what I meant. Manipulating physically. Like you're making it see the manufacturer built it this way and you're using it in a way that it's not meant to be using. That includes bending it. That includes engraving or painting over the lines. That's what I meant, manipulation. Now, when you, to me, I do the same thing. I actually learned that from Jimmy. Where I learned it at that Bass Nation tournament. Jimmy taught me, so like, just oh, let, yeah. It, yeah. let yeah. it rest on the lip and that'll mm -hmm. get, not guarantee, but keep the, the right. you know, but the Right, but just, you know, thinking yeah. in context of how people think and interpret things, you know? <laughs> That's why I'm a judge at a TD for a lot of things, because no, I think you're right. things, I, you I know, default to that on that, but... Of, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, so you had some other yeah, rules. Yeah, the other, the so other. the on the Hobie, um, theirs is uh, tail must be laying flat on the board, and pinching the tail is permitted. And then where's bass? Uh, bass is same rules as the fish on the board, but not permitted pinching the tail. So theirs would fall in line with KBFs um, for the. <laughs> It's not mouth open. I mean, yes, the mouth is supposed to be closed. We've already went over the deduction setup system there. But as far as hand placement and everything, bass is in line with KBF with um, the no pinching. I don't see... I'm trying to see if there well, is yeah, a... Does it say anything like if you're touching the tail? If it's... There does not. Well, the problem that I have with pinching is when you pinch, now you may be covering the inadvertently covering the base of the tail. So that's why well, I think yeah, I don't of course think you, you should are. be yeah, touching because, it. Yeah, yeah it's an like, pad of pinch it. Now I can't see where the tail starts and the body, where the tail ends <coughs> and the body starts, and that could be like, well, this. I'll is say this: people can go ahead and cut the fish. And Most of the time, if you're pinching a tail and you're using a cut tail, it's going to be pretty damn obvious. <laughs> I can't it believe it didn't be take the guy that was doing it as long to get caught as it did. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm going to say this before we move off of the these. Scoring and penalty rules, and a lot of it's coming back to cheating. Mm -hmm. If you're worried about cheating that much as a tournament director, you have all of these rules have it where they clarify that you will be submitted, that you could be submitted to a polygraph test. Okay. If you're that worried about it, pay for that test. 
Like, However, polygraphs are not 100% accurate. They're not, but 9 out of 10 people wouldn't know how to yeah. easily handle a polygraph test. So, I think we've we've hit that pretty thoroughly. Video um, <laughs> yeah, we'll hit video release. So, yes. now I don't have anything pulled up on this, but uh, KBF... For anyone that's listening that doesn't know or watching that doesn't know, um, at the national championship this year, KBF implemented a new rule where the fish had to be videoed. It was a video submission. Uh, correct me if it I'm was wrong. Requested. Yeah, yeah, it could be requested. It that, could that be requested. I like. That I yeah. like. Yeah. So, which would mean that you might as well do it for all of them because if you get it requested for the one that you don't have, then you lose it. But basically, on top of taking your picture that you would submit to Fish and Chaos with all the rules we just talked about, you have to do a video release showing the fish coming off the board, the fish in the water, the fish swimming away, and then going back to the blank board. Um, they had a lot of help promoting it. A lot of the anglers did some really good videos on it. Um, and I honestly did not hear a lot of people complain about it. Uh, it is one more step at first that kind of irked me. Is like, well, shit, I've already got so much other stuff I'm trying to do. But, you know, with KBF's had something happen, not cheating, but just something happen in a lot of their events. You know, with the national championship the year before, with all the tourney X issues, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like they were just covering their ass on this and making sure that there's other things that people wouldn't think about. This is a way to make sure that uh, two anglers fishing together aren't using submitting the same fish. Exactly. Which I've always wondered about, because I and I now I've always wondered it from a local standpoint. I do not think that these guys that I'm friends with do this. It's just looking at it from the outside, and I'm like, man, I wonder mm-hmm. what would be said if someone called them on that. How would you prove that that's yeah. not the? I mean, yeah, you go back to the pictures and look, but this is just a, another data, way. Too, you know, well, it, which that uh, GPS data is loose. It is. It is very loose, and it depends on what towers they're feeding off of and how good of a signal they have as well, too. Yeah, this is very standard, like, Google Map, (laughs) like, non-satellite image stuff. It is not, like, high-end Google Earth's, (laughs) like, instant satellite imagery. Like, I'll I'll have a buddy fish in a tournament that I'm scoring. This dude, if he cheated, would tell on himself, like... And it'll show, I'll know where he's at. And it'll show him like three miles up in the, on the bank. And like, I know for a fact that's not where he's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's just, that's how it, it works sometimes. That's yeah. that, this, that will get into the boundary thing. I want to talk about here in a little bit, but go ahead. I think that the fish, the video release thing, it should be like, take the video. If you land in the money or in the top 10 or in the top five, we're going to ask you to prom- to show us the video. I like that idea. Not everybody, because I think that takes, that's, you know, that's overkill. Somebody caught two fish and it's not, come on, you're going to make a mask for video release on that. But if we're talking about, Hey, you got in the money, you actually making money out of this. Let's see the video release real quickly, you know, and we'll watch. I wanted to touch on something because you and I fished the bass tournament. I don't know if this happened to you and where you were fishing, Jimmy, but I was fishing in an area. And this is where the video release comes in handy. Very rarely would an angler, not very rarely, but it's not common for two anglers to catch the same fish, except when we're talking about spawning. 
because those fish are there mm. on their beds. You could have left that spot. Now an angler comes up. He could be very well catching the same fish. That fish could be caught four or five times from tournament anglers. I went to an area where there's some guys. I don't know their names. I'm not, I am not saying they were cheating because firstly, I don't think anyone won anything just like I didn't. So I'm not giving, I'm not putting them out either by, by that, by saying that. But they were from the same area. They were not from Texas. And they were fishing in an area. I got to talk to them. And then I started thinking, man, they're hitting all these spots the same area on spawning season. Who's to say they're not sharing the fish? Now, I'm not accusing them of it. But it's like, oh, man, they were, they were clearly fishing as a team. I'm not saying they were, they were sharing their fish, but they were sharing the spots and sharing knowledge. So they were, it's kind of like NASCAR. You know, they're, they're racing as a team now to make one of them win. Well, this... These guys over here were fishing as a team. It's not against the rules, so I'm not accusing them of cheating. But there is that thing where it's like, it's spawning season. The same guy, the guy could be catching a fish. Hey, I just caught one. It's right there. Oh, cool. The next guy would, you know, his homie's going to come up, hit that same spot, knowing exactly what to throw to catch that fish. It's not illegal, but that's where the video release comes in. Because now you can say, hey, you know what? I did release the fish. You know, Jimmy and I were fishing, we're fishing on a tournament, Bassmasters, Hobie, whatever, and we happened to fish the same area, and we happened to, you know, be killing it on a tournament. Now they say, oh, that's the paddle and fin guys. Oh, I saw the paddle and fins guys together. Oh, I wonder, you know what, let's do the video release, and then we can leave the scrutiny out. We can say, you know what, here's the fish, here's released. There was no cheating involved. That's, yeah, that's I, why I, I like that rule. Yeah, I, I don't see a problem with it. I don't see it being something that would take off yeah. outside of the three major trails because I don't see a need for it. I mean, maybe championships at the end of the year or something yeah. where there's some real money or big clubs like uh, Queen City. I mean, even NACA. I mean, we'll have 90 guys show up sometimes. You get some good money going, um, which, yeah, which leads me to something I hope that everybody does is – Judge, as a judge, anybody that's judging a tournament ever that listens to this, you judge every fish that comes in exactly the same way, mm -hmm. no matter if that guy has a chance or not. Because if you let him slide on something, then you could have let someone else slide on something else. Yep. That being said, you should also, when you're doing a tournament, the guys that get into the prize money or qualification range... All of their stuff should be thoroughly looked at again before award ceremonies. Second review, yep. And even if you have someone else review it, get a fresh set of eyes on it. You mm -hmm. know, a lot of big tournaments have two guys looking at stuff. Um, and I'm sure I would like to think that they do that, and I'm sure they do. I mean, when they're paying out thousands and thousands of dollars, you want to have it right. But... You and I, we've all heard, not necessarily from KBF Bass or Hobie, but a tournament where it ends and then there's that picture that pops up mm -hmm. or that that telltale that comes up. Oh, he was in illegal water. Like mm -hmm. you can cut all of that out by really getting thorough with it again before you. I mean, like I said, you want to be doing this during the tournament, but definitely before you pay out. Or announce results so that there's no. I think it was actually I think it was KBF last year had one oh, yeah. at the national championship. 
because at the end of it, the standings were one way, and then they all flopped. Because there was there was other like late submissions or something like that. There was other things going on with the national championship last year too, but with the juice. Um, what was I just gonna say? I lost my video fishing. Um, I could see it becoming a standard for like some of the bigger leagues, like you know Hobie Bass. I mean KBF. For like your big events and then slowly kind of trickling to you know the elite trail series and to other events i mean it could become a standard you know just depending upon you know the success of it you know um it's you know the the biggest complaints you know i heard from anglers about it was well you know well what about my battery life on my phone I'll just like take a charger with you, you know, like a power bank, you know, people came up with, you know, these excuses and it was just like, these aren't really validating excuses, guys. Like there's a reason this rule is being implemented. It's to protect the integrity of the sport, the integrity of the anglers and just everything all around. So it's just like, you know, you guys complain about not having, you know, good rules or all these loopholes, but then like you have this, rule that established. And again, it's like Jimmy said, you can't please all the masses. But, you know, I think the biggest thing, though, is too, is having the the reinforcement and the explanation of, you know, the rule changes and explanations when they happen and as they do happen. Because, you know, I, I think it's very much needed and justified as things change and evolve, you know, throughout the years. You know, whereas, you know, the the measuring boards, yes, we've had to change and evolve because of situations, you know, and it's for the better, really, you know, and I it's mean, it's a good thing. It is. Yeah, it is. It a it's good going, thing, you know, um, and like, you know, not covering the eye or all these other things. It's just like, well, yeah, duh, <laughs> you know, um, you know, it, again, people just need to like really stop and like. Put yourselves in a judge or TD position for like five minutes and just. You well, know, see, they don't want to do that I because know, I know. that's yeah. not. It's. Yeah. But no, it. I mean, you hit all that right on the head. Well, I mean, I would just be repeating what you said, but you did a great job right there. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> taking all of. Oh, here's one more we can hit before we hit my the one I want to talk about. Um, See, I got a couple of a couple other little tidbits. Do you now? Yes, I've had. Well, Susie, this. Susie, I'm tidbit them away. Up as we go along, because I, I have to get up at five thirty, Susie. So, hey, you're here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, pre-fishing. Ah, yes, pre-fishing. Um, limitations or no limitations? Off-limits periods? No off-limits periods? Okay, you know, while she manifest. Okay, this no, one, like, I really honestly don't know how to answer. Um, just because, like, you know, I, I, I've seen things play out for top anglers who will spend a week pre-fishing here and there only to do really bad or pre-fish for an hour and then just, you know, smoke everybody. You know, does it really give somebody an advantage? Maybe they might learn some of the water, you know, a little bit easier. But like, again, 
it comes down to the talent of the angler, how they're utilizing their time and resources and knowledge on the water and luck, you know? I mean, yeah, again, somebody could be pre-fishing for like three days. They've had the perfect weather. Storm front comes through, changes everything. Or maybe it rained like six inches and everything's flooded out. What are you going to do? (laughs) You know, it just, I, I think, you know, it could just be, Whatever. I mean, yeah, it should turn off like, you know, the night before at like, you know, 5 or 6 p.m. So that, you know, nobody's out on the water or anything like that. But like before that, who cares? Orlando? I I like what TKC doing. Again, shout out to Chris Morales, uh, Jacob Anderson, and uh, Joseph Andrews. Uh, No, I'm sorry. I missed the last name. But anyways, two days of pre-fishing, that's it. A week before the tournament, I think seven or ten days before the tournament, water resource flipped. The only thing I have, you know, the only thing about that is like, how are you really going to police it? You know, that's well, yeah, the only that, thing. That, that's what that I don't too. like. That that's the only thing I don't like. But assuming everybody follows the rule, which is not a hundred percent accurate, um, I like that. Two days of pre-fishing and that's it. I like to see it on bigger tournaments. Again, it's hard so what do, to What do you it. mean by two days? Like you choose the, two days? You got, the tournament is th- Saturday. You can pre-fish it Thursday. You can pre-fish it Friday. That's it. You got, that's you only oh, get so two days. So you can only pre-fish for the That's an official water. practice period. Official, official practice yeah. period. No, you can't even touch. So this, if I'm not mistaken, the Sunday after, and I, and you know, Chris, if you're listening, send me a message when you hear this podcast and tell me or Jacob or Joseph. Uh, if I'm wrong, but I think it's like if that's from that Sunday, the Sunday before the tournament, you cannot fish that lake until you cannot even fish it. You can't even get on the water without, they say it on the rules. You cannot even be on the water. You cannot even be on the water, point blank. People will be like, well, I'm just using my graph. I don't have my rods. Don't care. You can't be on the water. You can only be on the water within that seven day period. Thursday and Friday before the tournament. That's it. I personally like that idea. I think it levels the playing field out. Obviously, the only issue I have is like, how are we really going to police it? Are you going to have somebody at the lake making sure nobody does that? Right. The same thing with, and I know Bass is very strict on it. I've seen rules where, like you cannot talk to other people. I'm like, I get the rule and topic. I wish I guarantee you probably, every who, one of us has broke it? that yeah. damn rule. Yeah, yeah who's going to a... police it? Are you really going to talk? Am I really going to be talking to Jimmy? Jimmy, so you've been fishing all this time? Really, don't tell me anything because we're breaking the rules. Come well, on, man. Like, I want to say the way Bass's rule yeah. on that is is that you can't talk, you can't get intel for inside of the official practice hours from anyone that is not in the competition. Okay. Right, so like a guide or... Well, folks folks love coming up and talking to kayak guys at the ramp. Mm -hmm. And I like to talk. Sometimes, they're like, hey, go check that third tree. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. That's the problem with that rule. Somebody comes in and volunteers information, and let's say you and I at the boat, Mm -hmm. like, let's say you and I are not buddies, right? We're at the boat ramp, and I hear a boat guy telling you, hey, Jimmy, hit that. I'm like, hey, you know, Dwayne... Um, I, Jimmy's having conversation. He's like, and they ask you, he's like, yeah, did you have this conversation? Well, what are you supposed to do? Like, you didn't ask for the information. This information is given to you. You have conversations. So that, 
that rule, I think it's like I like it, but I think dumb. it's overstretching. <laughs> oh yeah, fact, it, it's don't stupid. put a. I don't just believe you should put a rule that totally you cannot police. Don't fish no, with a guy. I think it's just unnecessary because, like, who's to say? Yeah, you know, you have a guide showing you the ins and outs of this lake, telling you what to throw, showing you what to throw, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Tournament day, you catch nothing. Whose fault is that? Yeah. Or you're fishing the god's spot and he rolls up and kicks your ass. Exactly. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, you got insider information on a spot and turn up a day, you show up and there's 10 other anglers there. Yeah. Oh, well. So, it wasn't as secret as you thought it was. Exactly. And that, (laughs) yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. It's it's putting you in a, it's putting you in an awkward position where it's like you can't really enforce the rule, but but somebody says, hey, so and so had a conversation with, this guy is not fishing a tournament, so what are you going to do about it? Well, like, who gives a shit? What the We're human beings. Yeah. Jesus. I will 100% when we fished Bassmaster on the Kusa, when I found out when that was happening, we were like three months out. I messaged uh, Dustin Connell. He's the Kusa king. He responded, Go here, go here, go here. Now, th- again, that was way before that tournament. Checked those spots. I didn't catch crap. You know, exactly. some people got it. Some people don't. It is. Yeah. An and then tournament day, rule. it stormed like hell. It wouldn't yeah. have mattered. Right. But, but I do exactly. like the whole pre-fishing two days only. That so I go. Like. See, what? I don't, I just, I don't think a pre-fishing limitation just needs to be set in place. Again, it comes down to skill utilization of the tools you have and everything else. Because, yeah, you may be pre-fishing this spot and you're like, yeah, I've had really good luck here. I'm just crushing it. Nobody else has been here. Tournament day. Ten other anglers are at the same spot you were just pre-fishing at. So what are you gonna do? You know. And I agree to 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 your point. The best two tournaments that I've done, and I came second uh, behind Mark Pentagraph. I didn't pre-fish it. All my pre-fishing was done on a desktop, Google Earth. Another tournament that I thought I did pretty well, if it wasn't for a few missed hook sets, and I probably would have landed in the money was uh, the Belton Lake, and I've never been on that lake. That was all waypointing the crap out of Google it and uploading to my Garmin. And I found five fish. Unfortunately, my talents did not match the information that I had on hand at that moment. And I, and I think like three misfished on hook sets. So that was on me. But it, to that point, it's, I didn't need to pre-fish. And those are the best two tournaments that I've done that I feel like I've done. It's because I did the research without having been on the water. I'm not saying... There's no value in pre-fishing. Right. There obviously is. Here's but, another thing, yeah. too, that could happen. Let's say you have a friend or family member that lives on the lake that the tournament's happening at, and they fish that lake every single day, and they give you information of it when it's during the non-pre-fishing time. Hey, that that's still just as fair as anything else. So my, my take on the whole pre-fishing thing is, do I think an angler should be getting to put like two or three weeks of time on it absolutely not but they have to learn how to manage those fish anyway you have to learn the patterns manage the fish so you don't burn them up and then you still have to catch them on a tournament Mm -hmm. with changing lettered patterns what if it's their home lake exactly right there's so many there's there's so many many loose ends to it now Mm -hmm. something i would like to see is leave everything open through the year but come tournament time shut that lake off for a month before 
and give them either give them the week before or two days like Armando's saying. Because at the TOC, you're the top of your game anyway. You fought to get there. It's the toughest thing to get into right now on our level of kayak fishing. Tough shit. Here's a curveball. You don't get to touch the body of water. It's all about the research. Now you got 48 hours to figure it out. I feel like it levels the playing field. Mm-hmm. Just for or one just event. No, or just no pre-fishing at all. Like the TOC, I think it would be even more of a challenge to add to that. No pre-fishing that whole week. Right. What I would love to see that we can't do is what MLF used to do, which they may still do in one of, they got series all over the place now. When I first started watching MLF, they'd put all these guys in trucks. They'd know what state they are in. They had no idea where they were going. They'd pull up to the lake. They'd get to run around the lake for an hour. Now they have boats. They can do that. Really? We can't. And for kayak anglers, you know, it's just totally different. We can't just drop a boat and run, you know. So, but we could, like you said, cut off the pre-fishing. This is the Tournament of Champions. This is where we're fishing. You are not allowed to this touch this the, water. The elite of the You event. can drive around and look at it. Get out and check. You know, like like Drew does, point your little laser, see what the water temp is. You know, ain't nothing wrong with that. Right. You yeah. know, see what you can see, but do not touch that water. And then tournament starts on Friday and ends on Sunday. You know, everyone's even. That that gives... I feel like that's going to show you who the real... For no, the higher level ones, yes, there's, yes. There's for, levels. For the smaller local ones, you know, oh, no. Just, not, no. Yeah, just no, leave it open. For like these big elite Everybody's ones, local. I I'll bet you anything, I'll put... I could put 20 straight days on Gunnersville and I will still lose that event. 100%. Right. And th- there's there's another level to this that we don't talk about is the growth of the sport. We all we been the sport the growth of the sport is going to be in large part when we're going to apply to the masses of that odd moment of somebody catching big fish and putting up big numbers. Now, if you start putting this place, all these rules to kind of keeping it out, you kind of also playing down the competition where you have to remember, we're trying to grow. So it's a balance. I'm not saying Jimmy's wrong. I'm not saying anybody's wrong. I'm just saying there is a conversation where at this, when we have this conversation, we have to look at what is how it's going to affect the growth of the sport, not just the integrity, well, and that's, but that's the why you, of the sport. Yeah, th- that's why you point it towards the elite level because the elite level yeah. is what needs to. It has to be different to narrow down the competition. Yes, everybody shouldn't be able to go fish. Yeah, at these events like right. the KBFNC, I agree with the KBFNC being easy to get into because it is a avenue for other anglers to fish a major finisher event that may not have the skill or the time to put in to make like the tournament of champions Mm -hmm. or the Bassmaster classic, but growth of the sport. What all these guys that are aspiring to do this for a living want is that separation to an elite level. These are the kind of rules that will have to be in place. So yeah. Does it look bad to certain people from the outside looking in that may want to get into it? It does. But so does me paying $10,000 entry fee in the bass boat tournament. Yeah. That's why I don't do it. That's why those guys do it. They're built different. Like exactly. elite average guy. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, go ahead. No, no, that that's the point that there's, there's going to be the people that participate and there's going to be the viewers, right? 
the end game for ba kayak bass fishing is can we televise it can we make it in can we market in a way where now it's not just entry fees that's bringing in the money it's actually people tuning in and the technology has changed cable tv i i i called it about five years ago cable tv is going to stop existing at some point it's all going to be live streaming so it we wonder what technology is going to bring forward and how is that going to affect the promotion of a sport we see it in the music industry a lot now um so the the what's going to bring in the money the end game is being able to televise it so there's people that not necessarily going to fish because there's a lot of people that don't fish on boats but they still get up in the morning and watch a, a boat tournament like just like almost nobody fishes um fishes uh races on nascar but a lot of people go watch it or tune in um sunday morning to watch nascar and formula one and all that so what we would like is for kayak fishing may not be that big but to be marketable in that sense and that the way to market that is having those big moments like Guillermo Gonzalez beating um, Jody Quinn 17 minutes ago by 110 to 109 inches. Um, Mark Pendergraph, what he did on the Bassmaster with uh, Joel McElroy. Um, what was the other tournament that just happened that had a, an awesome... Oh, the what was just happening, the KBF National Championship. Guillermo. Guillermo Gonzalez putting three days in a row of, of yeah. 100. Like that, that, that hype extended to more than kayak fishing so when so there's that balance where you don't want to limit the growth of the sport by handicapping it too much you want to make it where you can have that big numbers that's gonna bring those people to at least watch it and be marketable and that's a big part of this i think that's something that needs to take place in this conversation and find that balance yeah there is and you know media is going to be our outlet but the steps that need to happen to get that media. Oh yeah, is, we still you know away. what's you know the thing that's kind of keeping us right now. Oh yeah, I think he's taking a break. Right they now. left us. They <laughs> left us on chaperone, Susie. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Did you really but, like Jimmy? I don't really. I'm not kidding. He's a great guy. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, I'm curious about you know some other rules down in Texas because. Um, yeah. I had an interesting conversation with uh, Kitty Baca when I was at the uh, women's event. You oh, know, yeah. we, we were talking about like, you know, weather concerns and whether or not to cancel a tournament and like mandatory check-ins and stuff like that, you know. And she brought up some very interesting, you know, topics. And like in Texas, like they hold a tournament whether or not there's a severe thunderstorm that blows in. You know, and I'm just like, really? We You're do too. Right. And that blew my mind because... Up not everyone. Not right, everyone. Because I know Chris Morales on TKC were belted. There was going to be... Th there was expected thunderstorms. So Chris Morales was updating anyone. You know, there might be... We might have a lines out or um, right. earlier we might... So they... Some of the... Chris Morales, for example, shout, again, shout out to them. There were some decisions that were taken on the fly. So right. I don't think all of them are like that. Yeah, I know, which is a very curious topic for me because, you know, having experienced some rather scary, you know, life and death situations out on the water, you know, should there be a, a point to where, you know, if an angler does like get hurt, 
board drowns because a tournament decided to have the tournament regardless of the weather conditions, who is held liable? That's what waivers are for. Yes. Yeah, but it's the, the However, we're talking about a life, though. I think that's what Susie's yes. trying to touch. You know, I, I mean, here in Texas, we have like rolling thunderstorms. Like we have a saying in Texas: if you don't like the weather, come back in two minutes or come back in two hours. It's <laughs> right, gonna, stick around, it'll change. change. Especially yeah. on transition season, like summer, it's always going to be hot. Winter, it's for the most part going to be in the forties. Spring, a fall in Texas. It's a crapshoot. You, you can have you can have <laughs> on on some on fall you can either have winter or you can have summer or you can have fall or you can have spring. On spring, same thing. Anything goes on spring. Those are to me are a big um, and I've had it. I've been on the water where I'm looking at my weather app and it says five miles per hour wind and I'm like the hell it is. I'm about to tip over with this white caps. You know what are you talking about? You know in right. the middle of the lake because I'm looking at the weather app and it's saying oh great. Sunny, because, five mile winds, and I'm like, no, I'm about to die here. Right, yeah, because it's you just, know they roll so fast. Yeah, know? and she also stated though, she's like, you know, hey, everybody is a, an adult here; they can make adult decisions. And I'm like, yes, to an extent they can. Yes, however, you know, like there's other circumstances. You know, I mean, you got rolling storms come in, and you just say, hey, be on the lookout. You know, if somebody's not paying attention, yeah, which falls on them. But like, you know, anybody could be put into a dangerous situation, whether they try not to be in that situation or not. But, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, at the end of the day, if a family or a loved one wanted to sue somebody because they're. Well, you could find a lawyer that win that. Right. Oh, yeah. So, you know, what gamble... But what happens if you sue a kayak Not club? only that, you even with your nothing. conscience of, you know... No, but even with your conscience as a tournament director that I made a decision yes. or I failed to make a decision and it cost somebody's right. life. And an I wouldn't want that on my head. Yeah, Because, yes, you know, I don't want that on me. But, like, no. it just, like, it was very kind of, like, unsettling to me. I was just like, you would risk the life of anglers... No. Uh, you know, to hold a tournament... You know, with, you know, really crappy conditions. Yeah, I know, like, you know, your areas or whatever, storms come and go within like an hour or two. You know, Illinois, sometimes it happens, but most of the time, like, if you've got lightning and stuff coming in, it's going to be around for like a couple of hours. You're like, yeah, no, we're going to cancel this shit. Because I'll tell you right now, when it comes to lightning, I am not risking anybody's life. Lightning is the only thing that bothers me. And wind. See, wind, I would not... Now, like, let's say that you have a day where they're projecting like sustained thirties and up. Okay, that I would, I would consider it. If you know you're going to have a bad lightning situation, I'd consider it. Around here, you know, with our thunderstorms, I mean, and even when there's not thunderstorms, you're going to have really windy days. You're going to have choppy conditions. You're going to have storms roll in. You're going to have heavy rain. You're going to get some lightning. What we used to do, and this is a very low tech, is they would just send out like a lightning delay on Facebook because back before Tourney X. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, maybe not everybody's in service to get that. Well, I was going to say, yeah, what if they're not in service? <laughs> That's where it would be cool to have, um, you know, have a rule in place where everybody has to download the same weather app. Because like my weather apps work whether I'm in service or not. Like oh, I nice. get lightning notifications. I have a map called My Radar. 
Yes, that, I love I that have app. that. That's the one I use. Yes, I that, love that app. That app, you can go through and set all the layers yes. for everything and anything. You know, you could, maybe it could be in the future of Tourney X where there's an automated message. Well, we're having a lightning delay off the water or just whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely see where you would come from on the other end about delaying a tournament. But I'm just a good old country boy that doesn't care. Like, from the fishing standpoint, I've fished in a tornado before. Not, like, literally in it, but I've been (laughs) in a bass boat on the river. Tornado sirens going off. We slid into a boat dock. Storm passed. We slid right back out of it and kept going. Stupid? Absolutely. But we did it anyway. (laughs) So, we are an hour and 45 into this, and I've still got a really good topic to get into. And Let's do it. Do we want to make a part two, or we just want to keep going? Well, that's what we may do. I may just keep recording unless Armando needs to go, and I may just cut it in two pieces. I don't know yet. I don't know. I do you, have to get up early, but what do you have? It's up to you, man. It's your so, time. all right, we'll just hit this real quick, and we'll get off. All right, so boundaries and the rules of portaging, which this gets back into the biggest topic that's been hit here and there lately is uh, the water accessing rules and like, which goes to boundary and it affects different kinds of fishermen. So my, my take on this is I had to, I look at it from the director standpoint uh, as well as an angler. It looks like, Most of the so if you go by KBF, KBF allows you to. I've got it pulled up right here. Um, You can launch from any any public access. You can not cross restricted properties, obviously, but tributaries, canals, and sloughs, estuaries, or are portal eligible water uh, as long as they're not crossed with a man-made barrier. Temporary obstructions, fallen trees, and log jams, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Basically, what it comes down to is if you are a person that has the argument that you're a purist of kayak fishing, that is your rules. You can get out of your boat. You can drag over certain objects. You can wade up shoals. You can fish the skinnier water. The other part of what I'm talking about with the boundaries is how far is too much? Because as the director side of it, I do see where some of the guys have a legal foot to stand on with it. A uh, big issue we have in our state with one of the clubs is some of their guys can get 20 and 30 miles up some of the creeks. Mm. It's still that it's still a tributary to that lake, mm-hmm. but they're not even in the area of that lake anymore. Right. Are they still fishing the same body of water? You know, and then uh, they've had issues of guys. Um, I don't know how true this is. Just something I heard but like going from that tributary pulling through the woods to like a slack area from like a previous flood mm-hmm. fishing, like landlocked fish, mm-hmm. which landlocked, I guess that would be right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think so. But for, for me, there should be, and this is where I was hoping Drew would get in on this. Cause with river bass and they had a formula That's his jam. that calculated based off, I think shoreline miles, how many miles, around said body of water you could go up the creeks uh my argument with hobie is 
if they're all manpower, the water should be open a little further for these man-powered skinny water guys. In my opinion, if if you're all manpower, and they can't say it's somebody told me the other day they was like, well, they cater their rules to their boats. I've taken a Hobie PA fourteen. I did it a few months ago when I borrowed one. I was so far up a creek, a kid passed me in ankle deep water walking. And I was still <laughs> yep. going. There's no fish there, but it was just like, I'm still moving. Look at me. Barely just because it could moving. do it. It wasn't touching yeah. the bottom. So that's that's not the case. You can take them. The AJ McCorder told me himself on the phone when I was signing up our guys for their Hobie team from our shop, Music City. He was like, man, try to get some of these guys to take these PAs and run them up creeks because they'll go as far as they want them to. And he is not lying. They'll go. You just got to want to do it. Yep. But if there's been some rule, like they've had little add-ons, like when they did the CUSA, they cut off certain areas without any good explanation. They heard what I heard was that they heard it was a private area. Well, do the research and figure that out for yourself. Like mm -hmm. I was told that it was tipped off by a competitor. So who knows? Yeah. I'm not getting into that. I don't, I don't, that's not what I'm getting into. Yeah. It's just the, with, with their setup, if you're man powered, make it purist style, let the skinny water guys get up there. Even if you only give them five miles, you know, five but, miles, but they still need to have designated boundaries. De Yo, designated boundaries. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I am a Crete guy at heart. Anybody around here knows that. You know, it may not show when I'm fishing. Yep. Yeah, but you have got to have a cutoff. Yes, yes, you do. Whether I agree with the, like I just said, with what the guys mm -hmm. are saying, are are they fishing the same water? Yeah. Like, yeah, no. how far is too far? I mean, right. Yeah, at that point, like you're not even near that body of water anymore. You're there, just there's a there's a thing that stands out in the rules for me that it says accessible from the main body of water, which being like, let's say we're on. Pickwick. Mm -hmm. Pickwick's your main body of water. You've got 5,750 million tributaries. Mm -hmm. I can take one of those all the way into Tennessee through Alabama. Like, not not the Tennessee side of the lake, straight through our state. Like, yeah. how much is too much mm -hmm. just for the fact because of the rule, accessible from the main body of water. Right. Where I take that, if it's accessible from the main body of water, then you, you better be put your ass go. in the main body of water and go up there. So yep. would I say you could take a ramp that's within our three miles? Mm -hmm. Let's say like we drew a three mile bubble around it. You can put in at a ramp on that Creek. As long as you put in there, go as far up as you want because you put in and proved that you yeah. accessed it from there, from but don't drive 30 miles mm -hmm. and put in because then you, who the hell knows if there's, 40 trees laying on top exactly. of each other or the waters ran shallow and you would walk three miles up rocks mm -hmm. before you got to paddleable water. Yep, exactly. KBF has always done really good at about, uh, or no, was it bass? No, I think it was KBF. Like Drew's got videos on scooching where he'll sit in his kayak and he'll have it floating and he'll just pop it along <laughs> with the paddles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, that's fine. Getting out and waiting, in my opinion, is fine. I don't see what the big deal is. The I way know. our club does it, you have to have your boat with you. Like, yeah. like tie yeah. that bitch to your belt, 
and a picture well, of the I mean, fish safely, still has least, to be in enough. the boat. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I know. And, I and then ba- I don't, I don't agree with Bass's rule on. I, I like that. I'm okay with Bass's boundaries uh, for the most part so far, but they don't allow you to get out of the kayak at all. So yeah, that's like, and it just takes the kayak and part of kayak. And now, again, it's something else. It's all loose ended. Do I think that a guy should be able to paddle up to a seven foot tall waterfall and drag his boat up it? No. Like, <laughs> let's get real, guy. That's not yeah. <laughs> but that's that's bass kind of like doing what we're saying. Keep it simple. Are you drinking Yoohoo? Is that you? Yes, it a is. Craving for Yoohoo, man. Ugh. My you know my buddy said something. It's been said oh man, Yoohoo. A buddy of mine said something when we were uh, playing a video game the other night about drinking a Yoohoo. I went to Sam's Club and bought a case of them. <laughs> Damn, that's so good. Anyway, God, yes. what, <laughs> I laugh when you started saying that because I was in the captain's meeting with, I was sitting right next to Chad Hoover for the KBF Trinity River. And there was a very passionate conversation between one of the competitors and Chad Hoover. Anybody <laughs> knows who Chad Hoover is? At best, you're going to tie with him, but you're not going to win that argument. At best. On the lucky <laughs> day, you might tie the conversation, but you're not going to win. But he got heated. Now, it didn't get ugly or anything like that. But it was that whole thing was the Trinity River system, which included a bunch of lakes. So now it's even more complicated. And then the Trinity River, which runs through the Trinity Fort Worth, which has a bunch of access where the, where the city has said, puts a sign and says, you can launch a kayak from here. But it's not a boat ramp. And and it's divided by pools. So I got the I got the the angler side of it and I kinda agree with him. It's like, yeah, where do you draw the boundary when you're putting this rule? Cause like it's 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 a no man's it's a wild west here when we're talking about the Trinity River. You know, anybody can launch for everything. And there's like makeshift like official city kayak um a launching areas and then there's just people throwing the boat from the water you know from the from the shore parking and throwing it from the shore so it's too much of an open interpretation um and i don't know who was right or who was wrong should I think it, both were should right it both be should it be the but, responsibility of the tournament host to have like preset definite clear black and white boundaries i definitely 100 percent agree so because that's what our local clubs do like if we're on a river system you cannot go this far up on this river you cannot go this far and you can go up to the first bridge on any of the tributaries pure black and white no room for oh yeah can i launch at this ramp that's off the map no it's not on there no (laughs) You and know? to finish the point, that's I think there's a way to also circumvent through this as a tournament director. And I think Jimmy hit on it. This is the body of water. You yes. launch from where the ramps are. If you can make it 20 miles up and come back and line down and submit your photos, hey, more power to you. Exactly. Do it. But you launch from the body of water. From the body of and water. there's also mm-hmm. different levels to this as a tournament angler. You're negotiating with the city. We're, we're talking about more big tournaments, not local clubs like Bassmaster and all that. You're saying, hey, we're going to bring the tournament. You know, we want from the Chamber of Commerce, we want some help here to alleviate the cost. Okay. Well, I want Chamber of Commerce of that city can say, okay, I got a lake that extends to Alabama or Tennessee or my neighboring state. You're going to bring this here. I want people to come here and consume and, you know, um, 
uh, kind of like give a boost to our economy in our in our in our town, right? The mayor is going to say, then I want your anglers to come to this town to fish, and that that's also plays into big tournaments where the tournament where the tournament director says, hey, you know what? We're getting this deal from the mayor, and the mayor could probably say, okay, you want to host this tournament, but I don't want people fishing all the way on the other side of this lake where people are not even coming into my town. If I'm giving you money to bring your tournament here, I want them to fish here where they're going to have lunch in our community, where they're going to have lunch, where they're going to buy good souvenirs, where they're going to be paying Airbnbs and, um, in, you know, and give a boost into our local economy. And they have the right to do that. So that plays into those decisions too. And people don't talk about that, but that's part of it too. And that, that's something that I know is true from now. It's a lot like, like Pickwick would be a good example of why that wouldn't work is because Pickwick, the dead center of the lake is sitting almost in between three States. So (laughs) you can't, you just can't do that. Right. But you're right with the chambers of commerce. Uh, One of the chambers of commerce for Pickwick, it's came or what County it is South of the lake. They give our local club money to come there every year. What they want in return is they give us deals on hotels like you know all your guys can stay at the hampton not not true but all your guys can stay at the hampton for a discounted rate because that's money in for them um with kayak fishing that's not always the right way to do it because like he said there's airbnbs verbo yeah um there's always people who camping. are you know looking for a cheaper way which i mean you're not going to be able to get around because yeah you're going to have the budget conscious anglers and stuff but at least you know you're giving options to everyone but that's where to go off what armando said something that does help them with that is when they station the they you know they're like counts tennessee for the hobie and the bass well Mm -hmm. we're gonna let you use our event center right yes that makes everyone come to your area 100 that makes people a lot of people will plan their like we stayed where we stayed to stay relevant to the check-in location i could have stayed at my house but it would have been an hour and a half drive just to you know it had been 45 to the water to where i would have fished if i stayed at my house and then it had been an hour and a half to the check-in so we you plan where you stay off that so there's a lot to it other than i'm giving you money just to fish here but it the money is comes in no matter how now you know like I said the Pickwick one could be weird just because it covers some years but like you follow you follow that's coming up covers two states yeah three three Toledo states Toledo Bend yeah Toledo Bend but yeah there's the 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 biggest thing for me on this is just the how much is too much and yeah. but give the the skinny water guys some room like but at the same time i see the argument and drew is a huge advocate of it he's a skinny water guy at heart but he can also go out on the main water and get you too he would prefer to stay in the shallows like uh, the argument was put to me one way here is guys are going so far up the creek to find these unpressured fish that anybody could catch okay you can do it too that's that's what you do. That's what you're supposed right. to do. And that's where the what I would like to do, what we said, is let me give you a t- five or ten mile circle around the lake. You can use any of those ramps, and you can go as far up as you want, but you have to use those ramps. You can't go drop in a yeah. bridge no. and float down. You have to put in, and where I tell you, in that area. You know, that way, 
it shows the work that yeah I still got to my spot. I still got my unpressured fish. You know, kiss my I ass for it. exactly because the way the way that guy put it was like they're going and getting that there's no skill in it. Well, no, you think that there's skill in catching heavy pressured fish, which there is. I can't do it, yeah. but. Could you go do what I do? I bet you I'd kick your butt at it every single time. Like this person in particular, you know, like it's not your thing. Just like ledge fishing's not my thing on a high pressured lake. You know, it's there's got to be some for each person. You got to find a set standard and a limitation. And I, th- again, it's something just like we've said the whole time you can't keep everybody happy and you'll never please everybody. Yep. But Everybody should get their own little piece of it, you know, like it goes, you know, wrapping up everything we've said, the motors, the graphs, I mean, maybe not the rules, like the scoring and stuff, but everybody should get their little bit of the piece of it somewhere, whether it be all of them abide by all the same rules or I go to Hobie because I want to be manpowered. I go to Bass because I want to use motors and live scope. I want to go KBF because I get to portage. And which I see nothing wrong with that kind of division breakdown. Yeah. Like, I think it's good. Because there's no tournament that can say that we are pro elite whatever yet. There's no reason that you can't have that division, you know, because you can go get your fix wherever you need to, however you want. And then when that elite level happens, this is what we're doing. These are the rules. This is set in stone. You have made it here because you're great. Now prove it. Like, I don't know. That's just my ending closing rant on that. I I can get, I can keep, and the only reason I don't want to keep going is because we've talked about it on the OG show some recently. Me and Drew have hit it quite a few times just because, I mean, some of these roles affect him, and he's trying to make a living doing this. And if he's one of your leading anglers in this, uh, and you pigeonhole him, that doesn't look good on you, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm right. not saying that it was, it's one in particular. I know that it's happened a couple of times this year in different situations with different entities. It's, it makes people look bad when, even if you don't say I'm singling out whatever. Just like we said, you can't just go in and take away live scope because guys have been winning with live scope because then you just look terrible. It's the same thing. If yeah. a guy's killing you in the creeks, you can't cut the creeks out. No. Like, You're taking the biggest exclusion. name of your sport. You're taking the biggest name on your organization and you handicap him. How is that? That's like saying that's like saying to LeBron James or Leo Messi well, who plays soccer or, you, you, or, or, or whoever is or Fernando Tatis, you're hitting too much home runs. We need to do something for you to stop hitting so much home. Excuse me, that's what people pay. That's no, what your, people your home pay runs don't the count runs. until they break 400 feet. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's what people pay to see. So, and I had somebody on my and not calling it out, but and I don't think it's a call out. But anyways, uh, I had somebody on my podcast when we were doing kind of like the uh, spotlight anglers that were going to be in the TOC, and one of them said. I feel more confident winning the TLC and the Angler of the Year, knowing that Drew cannot fish these areas in Ufala. <laughs> he said it on the podcast. <laughs> and I was like, how do you do that? Like, he's right now, he's your Angler of the Year. He is your, he's the biggest ticket. 
you should be promoting what he's doing. Not saying give him a helping hand. Not saying give him an unfair advantage over everybody else. You shouldn't be handicapping him either. Like, that's the guy that's putting up the big numbers. You're going to handicap him now at the biggest event, the, the one that's supposed to draw the most attention. I don't get it. I don't see how it's that good promotion for your tournament. Now, you can make the argument, well, we want... You know, we want it to be more people involved. If we do this, Drew Gregory is always going to win. That's on the competition. That's not, you don't, you don't make your competition better by handicapping the best angler. You I mean, if somebody's doing something by getting to the other anglers, you want to win the money? Go be Drew Gregory. I'm not yeah. handicapping him. Go do be better instead right. of asking him to not be as good. That's yeah. my point. No, that's. And that's that's something that I hope that you'll see once there's that. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think at all if tomorrow MLF came out and was like, we're doing $1,500 entry fees, qualifying only. You know, we're going to handpick the top 50 or something like that. And then they's like, but you can only use these boat ramps or these areas. I bet you Drew would still go do it. I bet you... Guys, I know that fish shallow and man powered. Russ, Adam, these guys—they'll still go do it. You know, they'll—if you, you're eat up in this and you're going to make a living doing it, you will find a way to beat your competition. Yep. You. Oh, you just, definitely. You just dig. So, all right. Well, that's enough. This is a long one. <laughs> we went two hours. Uh, we may break it up. We may not. I'll text Brian and see what he wants to do. Uh, do have a couple tournaments real quick to go over the score scores of. I'll hit those really quick. It's just three. Oh, the yuhu's giving me the hiccups. Jesus. <laughs> All right. So, uh, the event that Armando has been talking about, the Cats tournament out in Texas, the championship on Sam Rayburn, uh, two day event with twenty nine anglers, five fish limit. First place, Jeremiah Smith, total 167 and a half. Second place, Aaron Spry, 165 and a quarter. Third place, Joseph Sanderson with 160 and a quarter. Uh, next up was the Central Carolina Kayak Fishing guys. They were on Sharon Harris. Uh, they're event number two. Uh, 33 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Jason Hensley with 87 and a quarter. Second place, Michael Wiggs, 74 inches. Third place, Joey Sullivan with 72 and last but not least, the 2021 Missouri State Championship on Table Rock Lake, two-day tournament, 49 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Justin Kuhn with 164.5. Second place, Brandon Prince with 158.5. And third place, Mr. Lance Burris with 148 and a quarter. A couple more rounded down for the year. Uh, that was a good one. That was a – I feel like Susie got a lot off of her chest. Yeah. I thought I might get into a little bit of heat on this, but it's really not. Like, none of these the rules. are calling are... anybody out. No. I mean, it's not even that. I don't care if somebody thinks I'm calling them out. It's just making a point of what we see, what I might like, and what I might not like. And But, but most of it, it's none of this stuff really affects me to that level. It's just things that we notice. Like, yeah. I don't, at the end of the day, nothing I've said would stop me from fishing any of these tournaments. Mm. Like, if... Same. If Hobie comes to Gunnersville, I I think I've got a fair competitive chance on Gunnersville. I'll suck it up, but I'll still enter that tournament. You know, the only reason I didn't fish the Hobie on Pickwick was the the, the day. Um, I 
do all these tournaments have stuff they could work on? Yes, that's growth. Mm -hmm. That's what that is. None of it stops any of us from fishing. And if you look at how these tournaments are stacked every time and the participation numbers, nobody's getting that mad. They still got the numbers. They've all still got 70 plus anglers at all these events, you know. The biggest things that would stop me from competing in like even local tournaments or stuff like that are when, you know, special exceptions are made for like certain anglers and whatnot, because that actually did happen this year in a club that I heard about. And I was quite frankly, pretty disappointed <laughs> in that situation and just made me lose a whole lot of disrespect for um the uh the folks running that club i'm not i'm not gonna name names or anything like that but uh yeah what had happened was is somebody was running late it's clearly stated in the rules uh you have to check in by this certain time like if you're running late because you didn't time manage you're you're late and you're disqualified so they called one of the staff members and said that they were running late you know <coughs> and that made it okay no. I was not okay Rules with are rules. I was not okay with that. Rules are rules are rules, just yeah, like the title. Exactly. Yep. So. <laughs> no. I, I love all, of, all the stuff that's happening in tournament fishing. I like the growth. I like how there's kind of three big things right yeah. now. I love seeing all the other local clubs, you know, tons of options. I think everybody's. Oh, yeah. Tons of options. There, there's tons of stuff that can be improved across the board. But for the most part, I'm 100% happy with what we have, all the options we have. Just like I said, mm -hmm. if you don't like something one's doing, go get your fix with somebody else. Exactly. It's not a, it's not a big deal. Exactly. That's Nothing, right. No one is forcing you to do anything. Nope. You are choosing what and to do. I'll close <laughs> it with this. Uh, go, ahead, go ahead, Armando. I'll close no, it. Real quickly. We all, in Paddle and Finn, speaking as a Paddle and Finn family, we all promote. We have... Jimmy, you have anglers from KBF, from Hobie BOS, from Bassmaster. We may have our preference on which ones we like, and we may say it, this is what the one I want to fish, and this is the one I have. But we are no way saying to anybody, don't fish that one. Right. Or, no. you know, or, or we're not saying, I'm not going to bring, I'm not interested in bringing him on the, or her on the show because he fished X tournament. No. no. We promote every single tournament, and at the end of yeah. the day, what we want is to sport in itself and the community to grow, whether it's Bassmaster, Hobie yeah. BOS, KBF, whichever takes the lead. We'll, we it's we all grow if we yeah. create a unity in this environment. You know, that just with that being said, none of them are greater, you know, not nothing that you can prove anyone way or the other, you know, get, get your fix however you can. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll, I'll say the thing I was going to close with is a big shout out to, to AJ McWhorter for how you run Hobie. You've done a phenomenal job. Chad Hoover, I will give him all the credit in the world because he's taking a bunch of shit. And KBF still has participation. Um, may not be for everybody. Some people are just too burned on it. It's perfectly understandable. If you get burned too much, you don't want to go back to something. But Chad handles himself. Um, they've made a bunch of big changes. Um, who knows what we see from KBF now? Like maybe they've taken some time back, settle in and, and bass, you know, John Stewart, Dwayne, they do a lot for that. I know it's, it's still new. It's maybe not Very to nice. other people's standards yet, but they still have people showing up like yep. 
people, they're nitpicky things, but everybody enjoys it. They're paying they're, out the top 30. Yeah, Which, I hate that. But yeah. That. Who else is that. doing that? Well, I'm not. I, that's another subject. No, nope, we're not hitting that. No, I know. I know. I know. But, pros and cons and everything. Pros and cons yeah, and everything. But shout out to those guys. We, we love them all. And uh, we will continue to cover all of them and hit you with all the big announcements. And, you know, we'll have a 2022 preview show coming up soon. Hopefully, uh, Hobie just released the rest of their schedule. Bass is supposed to be within the next week or two from what I was told the other day from Dwayne, uh, we should be getting that schedule and you know, we'll, we'll go from there, but thanks everybody for tuning into this long one. Uh, leave us some comments, messages on your opinions. Um, or anything you want to touch further, uh, anything at all, but we appreciate it so much and we'll see everybody next time. Good night. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button, and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures located in Northern Illinois for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com.